Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say... What is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Archie and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Eric. Hello, Ward. So let's, before we start, let's set the scene of what's happening right now. We're not in the garage in Glendale. We're at my place, in the back, outside, amongst the stars. Yep, there it is. Oh, th- there's there, no stars. There's, there's two. I see exactly. Do you really? I do. There's one straight oh, yeah. above yeah. me. We're in Los Angeles. There's a cat being killed yes. somewhere in the back. I don't know if you could hear that, but there's definitely a cat that just got mauled. It is Sunday night around 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. We are sitting outside. The computer, the audio equipment... It's a tangled mess of cords. We just got back into L.A. about two hours ago. Yeah, yeah. Came here, got some quick food, lit up a cigar. Two really nice cigars. Thank you, Eric. My pleasure. And we are sitting in the back, going to record this podcast that you all were here on Tuesday morning. And this is going to be a different kind of podcast because we just completed... Our Hoosier Hysterics Homecoming Live Event Weekend. I.E. Experience of a Lifetime Weekend. We hope that many of the people listening were either at the event, followed us on Twitter, read Pigs, uh, talked to a friend. We hope you have some understanding of what happened this weekend. We'll try to do our best to provide some context. But as Ward said, suffice to say, it was just a, a memory of a lifetime. It was it was everything about the weekend was amazing and we want to give you our reaction to it. Yeah. I mean, for example, just as we were untangling these cords to get rolling, the way my mind is racing back over the weekend, just out of nowhere, totally unprompted, I said to Eric, I really like George Leach. <laughs> yes. That just came out of his mouth. Um we're not gonna give too much away in this intro. But what we do want to say is we started this podcast almost a year ago, a little less than a year ago. And in a year's time, because of all the people that are listening to it right now, we were able to participate in an event that was just kind of a brainchild that 
of ours that we had sitting in Ward's garage thinking, wouldn't it be fun to do a podcast from Bloomington to see a game that weekend? And if there are some viewer listeners that, that like it, come come around, hang out with us while we do the podcast. We'd started a tradition a couple years prior of getting back to Bloomington, making sure our dads were there. Sometimes some of the ladies in our lives would join. And so we're going back anyway. We're going to go back watch a game anyway. Let's let's try one of these thingies there and see how that goes. And when we first came up with the idea, we literally thought it would just be us in a little space somewhere with well, a dozen fans maybe, you know, people that, that are supporters of the podcast. I think my mind's eye saw like 30 or 40 milling mm. about. Okay. I was at the dozen mark. Yeah. But... As we kind of announced it, we got real traction on the Pigs message boards because we are, as you know, powered by Pigs. That's all I got, guys. <laughs> that's all that I got. Hey, you gave them a good one in person. I tried. That but was, that's all I got. That was the full effect you gave them. Yeah, our voices are shot, so we apologize for the quality. I liked how I do the powered by. Mm-hmm. With my voice totally shot, it's you a lot e- a lot easier. You know what they say is great for a, like a rough throat is a cigar a loaded with nicotine and bit, smoke. A, and I'm also drinking caffeinated garbage from the Coke Zero company. Yep. We also were in an Uber to come back to my place, and I had to explain to the Uber driver the difference between right and left and red and green. We got there, though. We, we did get there. We made, so, it, we made it to Ralph's, and now we're here doing this. So listen, pigs.com is a huge part of why we were able to pull this event off and a huge reason why we were able to get the traction that we got and a huge reason why the people listening to it are listening to it because Mike was gracious enough to make a deal with us where he didn't have to do, he didn't have to do anything. I mean, we, we weren't on the radar screen. And Mike saw something in what we were doing that he thought could be an added benefit to Peaks members. And that's the only reason that there's a, any kind of deal between us and Peaks. And then we became very close with Jeff Rabjohns and Ken Bikoff, who have gone above and beyond to support us. Ken helps us get the podcast literally up every week. I mean, he is the one who actually pushes the buttons and puts us into the account and makes it happen. And Rav Johns and Mike have both been incredible in helping to promote the podcast. So we just want to say thank you to them. And then when that partnership was formed, we were so warmly and immediately received by the Pigs community. And really being a part of Pigs and embraced by those guys you mentioned and the listeners, there's immediately some legitimacy and we start to talk to guys like A.J. Moyer and Jared Jeffries, and this thing starts to grow because bit by bit, people realize this is a place for like-minded folks to listen or to come and speak and open up about their experiences and their feelings about IU basketball. And this community starts to grow with each person who takes a chance on us, either as a guest or as a listener, and then every person who turns to a friend and says, you should listen to this, or to a former teammate and say, you should talk to these guys. And and it starts to snowball towards this incredible event that, Eric, I'm calling you out. You put this event together, and you got the right people involved in Bloomington to put it together with us, and to see everybody 
coming together over the course of this last year and so many of them physically being able to show up at the Bluebird and look each other in the eyes and hug each other and eventually like cry on each other's shoulders was just an incredible manifestation of everything that's been happening over the last 12 months. In 49 states, it's basketball. And then there's Indiana. By the way, doesn't Ward's voice sound like he's trying to seduce us? <laughs> it, sounds like, it either sounds like he's a creepy pervert or he's trying to seduce us on a phone sex line. <laughs> it's one of those two things. I, that could be a nice source of income now that you mentioned you that. Have, I mean, it's had, it has added a timber to your voice that is uh, remarkable. Oh, I was concerned maybe people would find it difficult to listen to a voice that has only moments left to live. Ward, if they haven't found us difficult to listen to to this point, I think this is not going to be the tipping point for them. They're in. God bless them. All right. So here's what I'm going to tell you guys what's going to happen now. We're going to set up the live event podcast. Let me just give a few disclaimers. We edited out some stuff for time because there's a lot of stuff that happened in between guests and you didn't need to hear all that. Uh, and there's some technical problems because we're in a live event space. So the audio levels may not be consistent. We did the best we could. I hope if you were not there and you listen to this podcast, I just hope you get a little sense of how much fun it was to be there because it was a special, special day, and we will get into kind of how it came about, some behind-the-scenes stuff, and our reaction and the reaction of some of the players that we've talked to that were there uh, when it's over. So stick around for the end so we can wrap it up properly. And here is the Hoosier Hysterics Homecoming live event. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but uh... Hoosier Hysterics, welcome to the Bluebird. Welcome home. Eric, people came, people showed up. How's everybody doing today? This is really special already. Well, we can, uh, we can turn down the music. Thank you. No disrespect to the late Eddie Money. <laughs> First off, yeah, nice. Little Malcolmson back there. Yeah, All that's, right. That's nice. a Malcolmson joke for sure. So first off, before we really get started here, thank you. I, I, I this is overwhelming. I mean, Ward. Yeah. Thank you. One year ago, one year ago, less than a year ago, Ward came to me and said, "We spend way too much time yelling at each other about Indiana basketball." arguing with texts and phone calls. Oh, my blood pressure would rise on a daily basis two or three times because of you. He said, let's condense it to one hour a week. Let's do a podcast for one hour a week. <laughs> we'll come, come over, we'll watch a game, we'll go into the garage, we'll yell at each other, we'll get it out, and then we won't have toxic text messages for the rest of the week. And then... I, is he here? We did a couple episodes where we were just kind of finding our way. We were really offensive. We were insulting. Uh, we got called out on Twitter by many people who do it better than us. And then we ran into a former player by the name of AJ, AJ Moye. 
Moye. AJ Moye. Do we have AJ? I think I saw him back there. AJ, you back there? There he is. Yeah, there he is. there's AJ Moye. The man who started it all. We saw AJ a year ago at the Louisville game that Indiana won, by the way. And I went down and I introduced myself and I said, me and my buddy got this podcast that we just started in Los Angeles. We'd love to sit down and talk to you. And AJ said, uh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Weirdos. Uh, yeah. And uh, cut to a couple weeks later, we were at his high school gym in like a dance recital room yep. off the main gym with Ward putting up mats for Wrestling sound protection. Mats, acoustic sound foam, as we called it. And AJ spent a couple hours with us going through the history of Indiana University as far as you know, his perspective and his story. And that rest was history. I mean, that really set the tone for us doing these interviews. Cut to... Cut to... Cut to... Almost a thousand people at the Bluebird. So... This is incredible. We got the game going. By the way, I, I'm just going to say this. Look. <laughs> anybody who listened to our podcast at the very beginning knows I was very hard on Indiana University football. Very hard. And I do believe, as Ward said, karma. This is karma right now. <laughs> the game started at noon. They, we announced our start time first. Yep, just to spite you. So we're really happy for IU. At some point, though, I'm going to have to shut off the game because there's a lot of wasted room here. So maybe we'll get to halftime and we'll shut it off, okay? That's a good deal. Um, we're just really excited to, to be here with all of you. Now, and as, as you all know, as we get started, there is a traditional way we start our podcast, one that caused the first bit of controversy between Eric and ourselves. But fortunately, you the people spoke, and the theme song remained. So Rob, let's get the show started. And let's join in. And everybody everybody join sing in. Along. That would be great. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. RGN is boys, we discuss a unique matter. We won't be satisfied until we hang on another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And that's you probably know by now we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Welcome. That song is all due to Ward and his incredible lyric writing ability. And a lot I, of downtime. I got a lot of downtime. <laughs> so before we get started, uh, I just want to acknowledge a couple special people that are in the room besides all the amazing former players and people connected to the program. But we have people in this room that live very far away. We have people, I'm gonna just name some cities. If you hear your city, please cheer or state. We have people from New Orleans, right there. We got New Orleans came in for this. We got New York City. We got South Carolina. We got Jeff and George from Charlotte with Ooey Barbecue. We got people from everywhere and uh, Connecticut, nice. We got Denver, Colorado, do we not? Denver? Ron Freed. Ron Freed from Denver. So this is just, it's like a, it's a mind trip to meet all of you oh, guys that Hey, we, there's also a lot of people from Peru, Indiana here. Yeah, they're my peoples, my peoples. 
Also, special guests, our parents, Ward's dad stepmom are here, and my parents, Wally and Marsha, right here. Raise your hands. There we go. We thought they were gonna be the only listeners to the podcast. And, and cut to a year later, and they've had to listen to about 200 hours worth of us <laughs> gabbing. Uh, before we get started, I do want to thank, we have two sponsors who made this event possible. Evan Martin from Community Cars. Communitycars.com, everybody should go there if you're in the market for a new car. Community Cars has come up with a new uh, platform where you could be listening to our podcast at home, you could be watching the Hoosiers, and you can, in the comfort of wherever you are, on your phone, on your iPad, on your computer, order your car, get it delivered to your house, no hassle, search from over 800 cars, it'll be right delivered to you. How am I doing as a pitch man? It's so great. Far? I thought you were going to have to read it. You're doing great. Okay, good. Um, hopefully Evan thinks I'm doing good. Yeah, so uh, communitycars.com, make sure you check that out. And then, as many of you know, I went and had the uh, just great fortune of being able to attend the Victor Oladipo Archie Miller Fantasy Camp experience that was put on by Pro Camps. They are here today. Our man Alex Land is at a table by the t-shirts. They are signing people up for next year's camp. Here's what I'll tell you. You can be a player like I was. Well, you can try to be a player like I was. It didn't go all that well. Um, this is like the first time I've been able to sit down comfortably since the camp. <laughs> Uh, or you can be a coach. It is the single greatest experience you will have as an Indiana University fan. You get to dress in the locker room, you do film sessions with the coaches, you meet former players. Many of the people that you'll meet tonight were people that I got to meet there. There's a lot of my friends here that were at the fantasy camp. So I just highly recommend going to that table, talking to Alex, signing up if you can. And there's also a Victor Oladipo kids basketball camp done at the Pacers practice facility. Both of these events will happen in 2020. Please check that out and sign up. You guys will not regret it. I think that, that did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you to Galen and the media school for helping us. Galen, uh, right here. This. Round of applause for Galen. Special thanks to the Bluebird. Rob Dave, and Hayden who are here. And Dave Kubiak who's not here. You thank are, you Dave. for getting us in. And I think we should start bringing some people up here. Oh yeah, this is great. Let's just bring them up. Ladies and gentlemen, known for many things, but none greater than the block the against block. Carlos Boozer. Please put your hands together for A.J. Moye. How are you, sir? You doing good? You gotta, you gotta get, we gotta talk into the mic here. This is, this is kind of all your fault, AJ. It is. <laughs> Good, I'm glad you own that. We AJ were... just got into town last night, came from California for this. So, round of applause for him. And is your wife here? Uh, no. Cause she's, okay. she's, she's got our little daughter. Got the little daughter, that's right. Yeah. AJ's got a big daughter and a little daughter. How old's the baby now? Eight months. Eight months, and he's yeah. here. You getting a little bit of sleep these days? A little bit? A little bit. She's been sleeping maybe seven, eight weeks. So. so, AJ, just talk to us about what is it like for you to be back here in Bloomington? You were at Little Zagreb's last night. Just what does it feel like to be back in Bloomington and to see all these people here that are just here, honestly, to say thank you for what you did for the program? Um, I mean, it, it means the world. But, you know, like when I come back to Bloomington, it, I, always, I always tell people, oh, yeah, I'm going home. I'm going home. You know what I mean? So, but, uh, 
Yeah, but I, I love it. And I, and I really, um, I really, I'm going to put this down. I really can't call, like, uh, these people fans, you know what I mean? Because it's like they're, they're more than fans, you know. They're, 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 they're the program, you know what I mean? They, they are IU basketball, so I, I love it. And uh, every time I'm anywhere, I'll sign a picture, shake hands, uh, trade a war story. It doesn't matter, you know. I just, I just love and appreciate all of these people. It is a foregone conclusion. We're going we're gonna to bring all these fine folks up and talk to them about their their favorite moment, their funniest moment that they'd like to share. And AJ, we all know what story is coming from you. You, you, you told me, would you like to share with these good people your perspective, your first person perspective of the block? Yeah, it's just, it was, it was a cool play. You know, um, I, I kind of had it in my head that I was gonna you know, just jump up and knock the living hell out of him, you know, cause <laughs> he's six nine, like 260 something and I'm, I'm six, two and a half, and you know, so I said, I'm going to go foul him. But I, I, saw, uh, I saw where Dane got switched on to Carlos Boozer. So Dane was on him. And so when they were throwing him the ball, I was like, well, I'm just going to run. I know he's going to try to turn around and dunk on Dane, so I'm just going to go hit him. And then uh, I jumped up in the air, and I was like, well, I'm going getting up there pretty good. <laughs> and I just kept going and going and going. And I said, well, try to block it. And, so it worked out. <laughs> it's funny because we talked to Coach Davis recently. Mm -hmm. um, if you guys I, have I heard that. Did you hear that? Yeah. And Coach Davis, because he's seen a lot of basketball, and I think, you know, us fans and all of us probably remember these moments so clearly. And Coach Davis remembered it, but Coach Davis made it even more dramatic. He thought that that was like the end of the game. Yeah. He thought that that block <laughs> ended the game. As far as he was concerned, you won the game because of that block. Yeah, Dane never fouled yeah, anybody. Yeah, he didn't remember yeah. that. Yeah. I know he remembers that. That was hilarious when Dane fouled that game. Coach Davis ran and fell on his knees and was, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what do you remember thinking when Dane fouled him? Oh, man, I want to kill Dane, man. Yeah. But the thing, Dane was going, he was kind of, you know, Dane Fife is different, number one. Just, <laughs> I want to get that out. Cub knows it. Everyone knows it. He's different, you know. He's, we, we are two-thirds of a uh, way through an interview with Dane, yeah. and we, we now understand where you're coming from Dane on is that. Di he's different. Yeah, in he's, a wonderful way, but he, it is he, a bizarre interview is. we're having. Like, anyone who's been his roommate, like, on a road trip in college is like, you know, they're always like, hey, Tim, don't put us with him anymore. <laughs> I, I used to tell Tim, like, I don't, I don't want to be with Dane. <laughs> but because uh, Dane will wake up in the middle of the night and just shake you, like, and scream at you. And you'll be like, what the hell? It's 4 in the morning. Like, what's wrong with you? You know, but, uh, yeah, so uh, Dane was crazy. Like, I got fouled on uh, with, like, maybe, like, 11 seconds left, and I went to the free throw line. Mm -hmm. And, and, I'm, and I'm about to shoot, and Dane's like, yeah, fish, you make this. We're going to the final four. I'm like, yo, calm down. Like, I'm trying to, trying to focus, yeah. And then I, I hit the first shot, and he comes up, screams in my ear again. I hit the next shot. And then we go down on defense, and then we're like, hey, don't foul. Like, don't matter what they do, don't foul. And then they swing it to Jason Williams, and Dane runs up and chest bumps him, like, and he hits the shot. But then I remembered that the guy only makes like 59% of his free throws. So I was like, we're going to win. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then there was an offensive rebound mm -hmm. that, I mean, Jared, we, when we talked to him, he was just, 
he said he was done. He yeah. couldn't move. He just watched the game the yeah. rest of the way. <laughs> Boozer got the rebound, yeah. missed hey, the shot. You guys, and Jared been, said, I fouled him. Yeah, it was, you, it was a conspiracy amongst the players on the court to, to get Dane into the locker room so Jared could beat him up yeah. without Coach Davis coming in. That was discussed on the floor before the game ended. <laughs> I, I, it probably was, man, but I think everyone would have beat Dane's ass if we'd have lost that game. Do you, um, we know you're good friends with George and Jeff. Yeah. It seems like everybody that knows George has a good George story. We've heard a couple good George stories from back in college. Do you have any George stories that you can share with us that we can bust his balls on when he comes up on stage? Yeah, you just ask George about his, his damn bathtub, man. Bathtub. Just ask him about it. Because I, I lived with George like my freshman year. Yeah. His bathtub was one of the, the, the grossest things I've ever seen <laughs> in my life. Just Like it was like this color. <laughs> just talk, talk to him about his bathtub. I hope everybody's enjoying the food George cooked. <laughs> AJ, when you were at school here, did you ever come to the Bluebird? Was oh yeah, all the time. Yeah. Do you, do you have any? Do you have any memory from the? No, Bluebird? I, that's the funniest thing. So uh, I was just talking. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was talking, and uh, my boy, he was like, uh, "Man, you know, it's crazy. We, you know, because we're just talking. We're saying like how, uh, you know, I had like a Lacroix." Is that how you say the water? What is yep, it? Yep, With yep. the little bubbles? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, but I had one of those. And he's like, yeah, I bet you never had one of those in here before. I said, no, I haven't. <laughs> and, and he's like, did you come here? I said, yeah, I came here all the time, but I, I don't remember a thing. Like, I, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. That's a good bluebird experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to cycle through everybody. AJ, you were the first person who did this with us. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. Thank you very much. Yep. Thank Let's you, send AJ. him out the way he should be sent out. AJ Moye. AJ Moye. He looks like he's from Tipton. Uh, we got to like talk to him. This is the Tipton tornado. Let's give it up for I was Derek talking about Elston. Derek Elston. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. No, no, no. I can't do this. Guys. Associate head coach Tom Ostrom. T.O. Tommy O. You're the man. Thank you for coming. Guys, this gentleman here, I'm just telling you, I've gotten the pleasure of getting to know him a little bit. We'll get into it more. Our program is in good hands with Archie and Tom Ostrom. I am telling you. Coach, good luck tonight. Tipped in tornado. Derek recently uh, left the Indiana University program to uh, start a life in the private sector. We are all sad that he left, but he left. A anybody who watched the program when Derek played or even coached, I think was so, not coached, you didn't coach, but you were part of the staff. <laughs> so happy that we had Derek who played under the program as part of this staff for the last several years. He's left an indelible mark on the program and we're so happy he's here with us. That's my intro for oh, Derek. Man, man, man. Thank you, thank you. Uh, let me ask you this, Derek, now, with your departure, Mike Roberts is here now. Yep. How important is it to have an Indiana guy in the mix there, especially with these young guys coming in, maybe ones from out of state, or the younger guys who are a little more detached from, from yesteryear? Uh, to, what's it mean to the culture to have somebody in there preaching what you know, not only as a former Indiana player, but as a kid who grew up in Indiana? Yeah, I think Mike's, Mike's definitely gonna be a big part uh, of the way uh, this team does 
uh, moving forward. I think uh, for a guy like Mike with his energy, his passion for the game, uh, he gets it. He wants it bad, and he coaches that way. And, he, he, you know, he doesn't let things slip through. Uh, he's very passionate about what he does, and, and he gets it because he played here. He was around it. It's, uh, it's pivotal for him to be here and, and coach with that passion he does. So you, you are in the extraordinary position of both having played here and being a part of the staff. So you have a little more to draw from as far as, say, funny stories go or favorite stories. Yeah. Is there one that popped in mind when I gave you, like, a 15-minute warning you'd yeah, have to yeah, say actually, one? It was funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, a little bit of background. Uh, my senior year, I lived with Jordan Holes, uh, Remy Abel, Austin Netherington, and myself. We had a, a, an apartment on 11th. And uh, we liked to cook a lot. We didn't like to go out and eat uh, a whole lot. Uh, and one thing that we noticed when we cooked, uh, there was only about two of us that really cleaned up. Myself and Jordan, we, we cleaned the dishes. We got a little upset with Remy Abel one day. He, he would cook a lot. He would just leave all of his dishes in the sink. Uh, so we had a little intervention. Remy, <laughs> Remy, we're all gonna go out to eat. We're, you're gonna stay behind because he liked to play a lot of Xbox with Mo Creek. Remy, we need you to do the dishes, and they are piled high. You do the dishes for us. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, man, yeah, yeah. I got you, I got you, I, I can do that, I can do that, I can do that. We come home after whatever we were doing, come home. Hey, man, the, the, the dishes are done, man, the dishes are done. Y'all yeah, gonna love the dishes done, y'all gonna love them. Okay, okay, uh, where are they? Oh, they're in the dishwasher, they're in the dishwasher. Okay, all right, well, we're thirsty. We're gonna get a couple drinks, open up the dishwasher, and my wife has heard this story a million times. There's probably about six Pizza X cups stacked on top of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere. I mean, it was just Pizza X, Pizza X, Pizza X. Remy, you don't know how to do the dishes in the dishwasher? Yeah, no, you do. they're not done? Now, one of them, one of the six is done. So that was just, we, we love to give Remy a hard time, and that was, uh, if the guys were here, that was always a, a funny story we like to tell. Uh, Derek, you recently left the program like we talked about. How hard was it for you to make the decision to leave the program that you gave, you know, four years of playing for, many years on the staff, and, and, and make this move in your career? Was that a difficult choice yeah, for you? Yeah, I mean, uh, my wife will be the first to tell you I had a, uh, I had a couple really hard nights. Um, Making a decision was really, really tough. Um, I actually didn't want to do it, uh, but when I thought about it and I sat down and I had a couple conversation, it was what was best for us. Um, for most of this entire coaching career, um, it has been a goal of mine to become a coach. Um, and a lot of the times I didn't really think about Caroline in, in doing so. Um, so when I came to ease with it, it was because it was the best move for me and her. So, uh, but it was difficult. It was difficult leaving the guys. I think uh, I had a couple of meetings with uh, Coach Ostrom and uh, I was the first to tell him like, I don't know how I'm gonna tell the guys that I'm leaving. I, I, it wasn't difficult telling the coaching staff. It, it had its, its, uh, its times when it was difficult, but Coach Ostrom will tell you, I had the uh, hardest time when I sat down in a meeting with him trying to come up with a way to tell the guys just because, I mean, guys like Joey Brunk, uh, Trace, uh, Duran, Devante, Justin Al, I mean, I, uh, Race Thompson, I mean, I've built some unbelievable relationships with those guys. 
Um, and it was very evident when I did leave and I did tell them. Uh, I got some unbelievable text messages uh, and kind of going away messages from those guys. But um, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I bet you're not going to be a stranger around Assembly Hall. I'm going to try not to be. Um, with this new job, I've got a lot of training. Um, and I, I, I've been gone ever since pretty much I, I decided to leave. I've been out of Bloomington. Uh, but, no, I, I want to be right behind them. Now that I have nothing to do with the program, I can actually coach guys up. So yeah. the closer I am to the bench, the kind of closer I can kind of give my little spiel to the guys. And Have you thought about in your new corporate life, like when you have a good meeting, just in the meeting conference room, just giving it the tipped in tornado <laughs> sign in the yeah, meeting? Yeah, just throwing around at my desk. Just, yeah, man, yeah, those, yeah. Were, those were fun uh, times. Before we let you go, I think everybody here would love to just get your insight. You did build incredible relationships with the players on a very different level than I think the coaching staff does. You were really there as a confidant, helping them through tough times. It, it does seem like, we've talked about this, we're talking about this with our families, it seems like this team genuinely enjoys each other. They're smiling on the court, good personalities on these kids. Can you just give us a sense of what is the personality of this team? What are these kids like? It's actually, it's, it's really fun to see because a lot of the times it's a lot more goofy than it's ever been in the past. And I, I know kind of people pride me on, you know, I was the guy who could make everybody laugh. And, and uh, honestly, that might have been why we were good. I don't know. I mean, people keep giving me credit for it. I don't want it. But I, I, I was a guy who was very relaxed and, and made things easy for the guys. And when you walk into the locker room, that's what it is. It's a locker room full of guys who are just, they're having fun. And a lot of the times last year, it was a lot more serious uh, than you would have liked it. Um, sometimes in life, you just need to go out there and just do and not overthink. And, and, and I used to tell the guys all the time, when you're on the court, just smile. I used to tell Romeo all the time, you know what I don't like about you? You don't smile when you play. I hated that about him. Go out there and have fun. And, and when you see it, when you see the bench, you see the guys on the court, I know it's early, but uh, that stuff goes a long way when you smile and you're having a good time and, and you're enjoying one another. That goes, a, uh, it, it goes a long way. Well, I think I speak for everybody when I say we're so happy for you to make this move for you and your wife and your family. We wish you nothing but the best of luck and success. And Derek, thank you for everything you've done for Indiana thank University. You. Thank you, guys. Thank you for being here. Who we got? I'm looking at somebody who I would really like to talk to. This interview that we did, you know, people always ask us, what's your favorite interview? And it's the, in it's the most impossible question to answer because they're all amazing. We learned something incredible after each one. But this one was special because I learned things I didn't know at all. And his honesty and how open he was with us just made me rethink kind of my insanity fandom experience that I go through. And I think many of you that listened to it thought the same way. And I'm so happy he's here. Let's bring up from Jeffersonville, Sharon Wilkerson. What's it like to be back in Bloomington? Oh, man, this is absolutely unbelievable. I mean, man, this is absolutely great, man. I feel, I feel truly blessed. Uh, this is amazing, man, really. Absolutely and, amazing. And you rolled deep. You brought some people Yeah, man, with I, you. Got my, I got my coaching staff here. I got uh, some really close friends of mine that are uh, big IU fans. And, uh, man, they take care of me, man. So uh, 
This is just a uh, token of my appreciation. All up from Madison? All from Madison, yep, all from Madison. And, and for those who don't know, I'm sure most do, but where are you coaching now, and when does the season start? Should so I'm right at uh, Madison, Indiana High School, and uh, we open up uh, November 26th, I think, is the date. Very good. How's the team looking? Uh, we are looking really good, yeah. looking really good. So what does it mean for you to be back in Bloomington? I know you have come back several times since you I left, have. but... You've got a thousand people here that all cheered for you when you came up. And we got just incredible response from the podcast that we did with you, where people said the thing that I said to you on the phone. We judged you in a way that, that I think we do as fans. And then we got to hear your story and we've got to hear your progress and your progression and the evolution that your life has gone on. And it changes our perception. Absolutely. What does that mean to you? Uh, so, guys, for such a long time, man, I really struggled with it. I mean, man, it's... It's always tough when you, when you come from a situation where you deal with some adversity. Uh, on the outside looking in, sometimes people don't get all of the details. Uh, but man, I'm just blessed, really. I mean, man, I wanna take this opportunity to thank all of you guys for all of the support. Uh, I mean, man, really, thank you guys so, so much. Thank you guys, really. My sincerest thank you. Thank you so much. All right, and now give us a, you know, uh, Brian Evans story, like give us something. Did he make it in from Yogi's yet? We heard he was slacking in Yogi's. here? Okay. Brian Evans is here? Slacker. Where's Evans? We gotta get Evans close he's to the He's at the bar, I bet he's at the yeah, bar. He's Imagine at the, that. Evans is at the bar. Imagine so what do you got for us? So my freshman year, uh, Big Ten had started and we were uh, playing Ohio State. It was on the road. And uh, myself, Steve Hart, I'm sure you guys know Steve Hart. The man could uh, jump. We missed, uh, I missed one dunk, Steve missed two dunks. And we ended up losing the game by like four or five points. It was two or three possessions. But if we would have made our dunks, we would have been in a position to win the game. Well, we got back to Assembly Hall, and the next day we were getting ready for practice. We go into the locker room and all of our stuff is gone. Name tag, practice gear, shoes, it's just completely clear. <laughs> Now, typically before practice, Coach Knight would always give a pregame practice speech on what we were going to work on for that particular day. So just imagine Steve Hart and I are in street clothes, sitting at our lockers, and all the other guys are in their practice gear ready to go on the floor. So Coach Knight gives his speech, all the guys run out on the floor to get ready for practice, and he looks at Steve and I and he says, I want you two guys to get a list of schools together because you're out of here. <laughs> Now, guys, put this in perspective. I'm 18 years old. Man, I did not know what to think. So sure enough, uh, they go out to practice, and Steve and I are sitting in the locker room, and like, what are we going to do? I was devastated, guys, absolutely devastated. So at some point, 10 minutes later, Dockage comes in and says, hey, you guys need to get out on the floor. Coach said not to come out on the floor. Get out on the floor, Dockage says. So sure enough, Steve and I meander our way out onto the floor, we go to the very end of Assembly Hall towards the end that the locker room is at. The team is down there practicing. Coach is taking notes. Just so happens that he looks up and sees Steve and I standing on the floor, and he takes off running towards <laughs> Steve and I. Now, guys, I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I'm no dummy neither. <laughs> so I take off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I go in the locker room. <laughs> About three or four seconds later, Steve comes in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. Here comes Coach Knight in the locker room. 
Yeah, I can't say what he said, but you guys know what he said. <laughs> Wasn't good. So at any rate, next thing I know, here comes Dockage back in the locker room. And Dockage is calling Steve and I all kind of names. You guys are stupid. You guys are this, that, blase this. Make a long story short, Coach Knight had packed up all of our practice stuff and took it into the players' lounge. So Steve and I go into the players' lounge. I had never been so happy to put that practice gear on in my life. <laughs> and sure enough, that was a motivational tactic, and it worked. That's for sure. That's great. Great story. Well, Sharon, I know it's not the easiest thing to come up here from Madison. We are so happy you're here. When you told us you were going to come here, it, it just, Ward and I were excited about it. Uh, I was here when you played. Well, and, and it's during you know, the season. You guys got stuff to do. So we appreciate you taking the time out of, of your program, your current program, to be a part of this. This is a real honor, guys, really. Oh, and, uh, man, I want to take this time to, to genuinely thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to, to hear my story, man. So uh, it's, it's really paid huge dividends. Uh, and for me, guys, this is kind of like... Uh, this is the final step uh, to the healing process. I completely feel uh, completely healed now, really. Man. And I thank you guys. Sharon Wilkerson, everybody. Eric told me to vamp for a minute. I'm gonna take this opportunity to thank my father I'm up here, it's his fault. I used to come down with my dad. How many people here became Indiana basketball fans because of their parents or their grandparents or their older brothers? Yeah, it's kind of what it's about. It's a family thing. And I think what Eric and I have learned is that there's so many people, I think at least 900, uh, that feel the same way we do. And, and based on the listens, it's even more than that, that this is something that connects all of us uh, it's bigger than all of us. And as a guy who's been doing this for the last year in my garage, my small garage, it's not a nice garage, it was built for like Model Ts, um, to realize there's faces and, and eyeballs to look into uh, and for you all to come and, and be a part of something that's real and in, in the space, and then I bet we're all gonna go to Assembly Hall later for what this is all about. And, and it's just such a positive community that sprung up around this podcast. And I think it means so much to the players. It means so much to us. And I really think with this, this group of people, it's going to touch so many more IU fans um, to make it something that even with recruits, we got the Leals here. Anthony's parents are here. You know, hey. The Leals. New members to the family. Like, you know a part of this now, so thank you all for... for you know what? I, I was going to do this later. Yeah? But screw it. Did I get sappy too early? How, how many people... No, 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 because you mentioned the Leals and recruiting. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> so, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, at Hoosier Hysterics, no vowels in hysterics. Okay, where are the New York dudes? Where yeah, are they? We Cliff? got called out. All right, here's the thing. Anybody who follows us, this podcast, I say follow us on Twitter, at Hoosier Hysterics, no vowels in hysterics, because we couldn't get the full la the label, we couldn't get that handle, so we had to do H-Y-S-T-R-C-S. So I say no vowels in hysterics, because it's easy. But these two guys from New York come last night, they meet us at a bar, and he says to me, I got one problem with the podcast. 
I go, what's, what's that? I'm Bomb sure show. it's going to be something I did. Because everybody <laughs> loves war. And he goes, no vowels in hysterics? The Y is the vowel. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, idiot. The Y is the vowel. A-E-I-O-U and sometimes. sometimes Y. It's one of those sometimes. That's the sometimes. Yeah. So. It was a bombshell. If, we were both reeling for a moment. I know, it's foundational. We've, we've been living a lie. <laughs> so, if you follow us on Twitter, you know that I have spent many tweets over the last couple months reaching out and trying to help us land a big recruit for the class of 2020. His name is Dawson Garcia. Are you doing it? You can use your phone if you want. So, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to show Dawson Garcia what being at Indiana University is like. We all know the A.J. Moye chant. Tell me when I you're think, ready. I think you can just roll. Here's what we're going to do. You rolling? We are rolling. Dawson, Garcia family, this is Indiana University basketball. This is what's waiting for you if you choose to come here. Guys, let's give Dawson the chant to let him know that we want Dawson. On three. One, two, three. We want Dawson. We want Dawson. We want Dawson. We want Dawson. Very good, all right, we got it. All right, so here's the deal. If we get him, we're taking full credit. If we don't get him, the podcast is never going to happen again. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. We've got a next guest. Guys, how about the first Indiana University Hoosier to grace the cover of Sports Illustrated? How about the owner of Culver's Hamburgers and Custard in Bloomington, Indiana? Some good custard. How about the super sub himself, John Laskowski? Yeah. Oh, John, you are no stranger to microphones. Show us how it's done. This is a pro, ladies and gentlemen. How are you, sir? What a crowd. This is unbelievable. It is. Huh? It is. Good job, guys. Good job. Thank you. I feel like Eric, when Eric was here and you and Greeny were here and you were on stage leading the, uh, the fight song with Clayton Anderson, that was sort of the inception of this actually occurring here today. How about that? Glad we could help, but it's probably just big enough, huh? You I know. Do... We're gonna, next year, we're going to have to do it at Assembly Hall. Yeah, yeah. There's a next year already planned. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What good, do you say? Should good, we do good, this again good. next Let's year? Let's do it again. So, Laz, how you doing, man? How, how's life doing right good. now? Doing good. I'll tell you, the Culver's is one year old, November 5th. We had a great first year, thanks to those local folks who come in. Yes. And we do have custard available right over there. It's with your green ticket. Show it to my son, Scott. My wife, Alice, is here. They'll dip you a scoop of custard. What goes better than barbecue and custard? That, it couldn't be better. <laughs> huh? That's there how you, you chase we barbecue. Good. So, Laz... Uh, you, I've seen you at the Bluebird, like Ward said. Was the Bluebird around when you were in school here? It was, but, you know, we're, I didn't come because it was uh, in season. I mean, we had, we had a tough practice schedule, game schedule. I, yeah, I didn't get to come here when I was in school. Did Coach Knight ever take your gear like he took Sharon's and put it in the players' lounge? So I got to tell you, as you start to hear these guys talk, um, they, they really don't like us um, because when we got here in the 70s, things started off really well, you know, Final Four in 73, 76. And from what I understand, 
when they screwed up in the 80s and 90s, well, the 75 team wouldn't have done that, and they, they hated those guys. We hate those guys because they're like the perfect team. So, yeah, they, the guys are coming around now. It's been 40 years. They're coming around now. You, you, you told us a great story that I think maybe planted the seed for you to one day be the owner of Delicious Custard Dispensary. Oh, the Sunday. The yeah, Sundays. that one. Yeah, well, that did start a long time ago. Yeah, would longer. you share that so, with us? That's so Sharon talked about the jersey, you know, practice jersey mishap. So we weren't quite, you know, at that level. We were, we were up here. But we did have a few, <laughs> few times when uh, things didn't go well. Uh, and one time was we lost to Ohio State. And at, at Ohio State, of course, coach went to Ohio State, so that was really double wad. Um, so the next game was against Purdue uh, to win the Big Ten Championship the next Saturday. And he was kind of mad at us on Monday, and he was even worse on Tuesday, and it just got worse as the week went on. And I think, how in the heck are we going to play this game? Because Purdue's terrible, but they're going to beat Indiana, and Indiana's not going to win the Big Ten. And it was just an uh, awful setup. But we got to practice on Friday. Last day to get ready, and, and he'd seen enough. We lasted about 10 minutes. He called it off and said, that's enough. I've been watching this all week. You guys go back in the locker room. And uh, we thought, wait, 10-minute practice is not going to get us ready. So he goes in the locker room, and he starts talking about what this game means tomorrow. He talked about, very calm voice, that there were uh, IU players who had been here and never had a chance to play for a Big Ten championship. And they'd be watching and listening to see what we could do. And the players that had won a Big Ten championship, and they knew exactly what it would take. And the alumni who never got to play a game or a practice, they'd love to trade plays with you and get in that game and beat Purdue. And it was, it was just fantastic. And uh, we were kind of jacked up and ready to play, but it was Friday at 3 o'clock, so Purdue wasn't ready yet. He said, all right, now back on the court. And I thought, well, that's okay. At least we feel better. He likes us. We go back on the court. And I'm looking across the scores table there, and there's set up. Gallon drum of Baskin Robbins, vanilla ice cream, chocolate, strawberry. We had chocolate sauce, marshmallow cream, bananas. I said, fellas, that's ice cream sundaes. <laughs> and it was. Coach says, Sell we're not going to have practice today, fellas. Just have some ice cream sundaes. And we did. Walked back in the locker room, went, I got home at 4 o'clock, and the guys at the Sigma New House are going, what the heck happened? <laughs> and I said, we had ice cream, we're done. Show up for the game tomorrow, and uh, I'll tell you, it turned out great. We beat Purdue that day, yeah. and we won the Big Ten Championship. Les, one of the things we love about this podcast is that we get to talk to people from all the different eras of Indiana basketball. We get to talk to you, we get to talk to Colin Hartman, and we get to talk to Tyra Buss, and we get to talk to Sharon. I mean, there's, the names go on and on. What, what does it mean to you to be in a room with players representing all these different eras of Indiana basketball? Well, you know, I hear a lot at the restaurant, too. You know, either the person saw me play or they heard me on TV 33 years as a color commentator, play-by-play -play announcer, uh, or their dad told them about us yeah. and said, he keeps saying that 75 team was so good. And so it's all generations now that have heard about us. And it's, it's just fascinating to be able to, to do that. Yeah. We'll leave you with this. Who is better, the 75 team or the 76 team? 1975, Indiana Hoosiers, <laughs> number one. Everybody, John Laskowski. I did. Uh, Eric took me for my first custard a couple of nights ago at Culver's. It lives up to the hype. 
One of the big reasons why we're here doing this podcast is because of the website, peaks.com. Oh, wait, 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 you mean that we're powered by peaks.com. I'm so glad they get to see your face when you do that. God, I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> and I think we have some royalty from Peaks here. Is Mike Pegram here in the room? Is he here? Does anybody see Mike? He was. I know he's here somewhere. Did Jeff Rabjohns. Who sees Rabby? Where's Rabby? Rabby! Rabby! Wow! Rabby right there. There he is. Ken Bikeoff. Where is Ken Bikeoff? Right Ken here in the front here. I don't know. I th is Weaver at the game? Weaver's at the game. T is Trevor here? I don't know. But anybody, most people in this room know what Peaks.com is. If you do not, and you want to connect to Indiana basketball in the most fulfilling way possible, you follow Mike Pegram, Peaks.com, go subscribe, follow Jeff and Mike and Ken on Twitter. You get up-to-the-minute recruiting tidbits. You get great analysis of the games. They welcomed us into the family and helped us launch ourselves. And we just want to thank Peaks. So round of applause for Peaks.com, please. And now... This is cool. We, we haven't we have talked, talked to this, to this guy before. No. And he's a doctor. doctor. We get to bring up a doctor, which is good because I have not talked to a doctor about my exploded butthole from the camp. <laughs> so maybe he can shed some insight. One of the purest shooters that has ever graced Assembly Hall's court, please welcome Dr. Kyle Hornsby. <laughs> so can, do we call you Doc? Do we no, call no, no, no. We call you not. Kyle. Kyle's fine. All Absolutely. Right. Dr. And Kyle it is. Kyle. And, and you'll need a different doctor. And what? And you'll need a different doctor. Oh, I do. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of doctor should I go to for that? Uh, we can give you a few names after. A proctologist, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but clearly a proctologist. GI proctologist. <laughs> yeah. So how are you, man? We have, not been, we have not had the pleasure of talking to you. We're going to set up a longer interview with you. But thank you for coming. Uh, what, what's it like to be back amongst this many IU fans not at a basketball game? It's fantastic. This is uh, quite the outing you guys have put together, and it's fantastic to be around all these people, uh, wonderful people. I've talked to several, several fans and, and friends and people I haven't seen in years. Uh, so this is uh, quite the atmosphere that's here. And, and no, it's not, uh, I don't get out as much as I would like. Right. Uh, but uh, it's, it sure is nice to be out today. You're from Louisiana. Yes. When you grew up, did Indiana basketball mean anything to you? Uh, did, did, did it have a special place in your heart? Why did you choose Indiana University? That's a good question. Uh, so uh, my dad was a coach, and so he came up to Coach Knight's camps, uh, coaching camps uh, quite a bit. So I had an 87 national championship poster up in my room uh, growing up. You were raised uh, right. So I, then I, I was 16 and then decided I, I wanted to go to Purdue, and then I was 17, and that quickly changed. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, whether it be your teammates, coaches, uh, what is a, a fun, funny story? Something, something you like to pull out maybe when you're together with the guys and, and reminisce about that you would share with these fine people? Uh, I, I don't know that I have a, a one that comes off the top of my head, but I think the one that I like the most, uh, because I had always dreamed about putting this, this piece of net around my neck. That's, that's the reason I came to IU. It's the reason I, I, I was uh, so honed in when I was here. I wanted to win championships, Big Ten championships, national championships, came a little bit short there. But I remember uh, Cove, who's here, 
he hurt his ankle uh, Kent State, against Kent State in Kentucky. So we finally win the game uh, uh, with some fortuitous moments there. It was a battle. Uh, yeah. And so Jeffries comes up and he says, Coverdale's got to go first. And I looked, straight, looked him dead in the eye and said, well, I'm going second then. I'll give Cove, the, the wounded warrior, the first go, but I'm going second. And they were like, yeah, you can go second, you can go second. Um, but there's lots of other stories, but I, I, none of them come to mind right do now. You, do you ever go back and watch the old games from 2002, that tournament run? Because Ward and I do all the time. Okay. Do you? So, interesting. Uh, so I've got uh, three-year-old twins that are boy-girl, and I've got seven-year-old twins that are boy-girl. So my wife's a saint. Um, but... My daughter, my seven-year-old daughter, was going through my shelves, which she's not supposed to do, and she finds a CD that was made uh, and was sent to us, and it had a lot of that film on it. And so just last night, we put it in the DVD player and watched it. Now, the kids are seven and three. My oldest boy was interested, but everybody else tuned out and started watching cartoons. But <laughs> You watched the Duke, was <laughs> the Duke I, game? The Duke game was on there. Yeah. What did it do for you when you were watching it? Did you get goosebumps? Oh, you get chills. Yeah. You get chills even to this day. Really? And you hear Todd Leary, they played some of the radio uh, uh, commentary with Fish. with Fish and Leary, and yeah. you still get chills hearing it. And Leary is here. Do we have Todd? Are you over in this section? Oh, yeah, I saw him just a minute ago. Yeah, he's here. Yeah. He, uh, he hasn't amazing. been kicked out yet? Uh, I keep also, an eye on him. I also love, Kyle, that you played for Indiana. You're from Louisiana, but you're in Bloomington. You're a doctor here in Bloomington. Yeah. Uh, just how special is it to play for the program and then be surrounded on a daily basis by people who I'm sure you get recognized regularly? How special is Bloomington of a place for somebody like you? Bloomington's a fantastic place, and as evidence, when I, when I drive through Bloomington, there's nothing but memories that flood back. Uh, if I'm with my kids, it's a little distracting, but when I'm on my own, <laughs> I, I, see, I have all these memories flooding back, and I, I get patients who come into the clinics, and, and they're talking to me, and, the, and we talk half the time about their health conditions, and we talk the other half about Indiana basketball, and I know Dr. Rink experiences the same thing. He has yeah. people that drive in from everywhere to see him, and then they want to talk about Indiana basketball the whole time. Um, it, it's a unique atmosphere. It's one that's uh, uh, replicated very little across the country. Uh, and uh, it, it's a one-of-a-kind thing. And well, are you able to get out to the games, make it to some games? So we're making it more. So I actually bought season tickets along with, uh, so I bought them along with two uh, anesthesiologists in Indianapolis and uh, an orthopedic surgeon who's at Ohio State. They're all from IU. Uh, one of them is actually a basketball manager. Okay. So we're sharing the season tickets, so I don't have to, to call over the basketball office every time I want to go to a game, <laughs> but they, which they would graciously provide. But. Well, we love having you here. We can't wait to set up the podcast with you to do a more in-depth interview. We'll do that very Absolutely. soon. Kyle, thanks I'll, so much I'll, for coming. I'll have better stories next All time. All right, man. Ladies Kyle Hornsby. When I went to the basketball camp, the, the fantasy camp, the first former player that I saw there was this giant man who I remember watching with the smoothest shot, worked his ass off, went from like not really much of a player his freshman year to Big Ten player of the year his senior year, and he was going to be a coach. He was going to coach one of four teams at the fantasy camp, and we were like shooting baskets at Assembly Hall together, and I was just buttering him up because I was just in heaven, and I said, <laughs> no, no, wait, 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 what, what the hell is going on? Brian Evans! <laughs> 
But wait, I'm going to finish. He did not have time for any yeah, of that. He, he did not like my intro. But hold on. I said to him, you're a coach. Will you draft me? And he said, yeah, I got you. You're on my team. You're my guy. Now, he didn't see me play. Then he had to see me play. They go in to do the draft room, and I'm telling all the guys there, Evan Martin, I'm telling all these other guys that I've met, I'm good, Brian Evans is drafting me. I know what team I'm on. They come out of the, the draft room. I see Brian come out with his assistant coaches. He looks at me. I go, what? Did you draft me? No, didn't draft you. I'm like, why not? And then he just took off, walked away. You did not draft me. He had good scouts. So let's talk about why didn't you draft me? This is a private conversation. Have you, you want me to tell everybody why I didn't draft yeah, you? Yeah, let's hear it. Let's do it. Put it out there. Look at these suits, Brian. We have no shame. It was all about young and athletic is what I was hunting for. Strike one, strike two. He was bald with a knee brace. And I was like, ah. Brian, how the hell are you, man? Good. Real good. Thank you for being here. I've been on Brian to come to this since I saw him at the camp and met him at the camp. And he's like, I got a family. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I'm going to do whatever I can to make it. And he is here. Brian, what's it like being in Bloomington and surrounded by Hoosier faithful? This is really cool. Um, I've done a lot of selfies in the last 20 <laughs> minutes. But these are the diehard fans that we love so much that are so important to this program. So, cool. Well, Eric had a concern, like, he would be inundated with autographs. And I'm like, I think that was like a 20, 10-year-ago thing. Now it's just selfies, right? That's what we're doing? That's what it seems like. Yeah. So, Brian, when you think back on your time at IU, what does one thing stick out to you? Is there one memory you go back to? Or just one funny thing that sticks out? What, what do you remember most about your time here? No. <laughs> That's not one of his best cool. questions. He's got good questions. That was not a good one. Try again. <laughs> Okay, here it is, I think. Were you always an asshole? Yes. <laughs> Sharon. They can which, by the way, it. it was really awesome to see my old teammate here. Really cool. Uh, Todd Leary's here. Yeah, I've, uh, this is, I've always been an asshole. For, <laughs> they, they'll tell you. Um, how's life now? What's going on with you right now? Well, I'm down here uh, with my wife and kids. Uh, my wife played volleyball here, and they had a alumni day. So um, I have to admit, that's, that's, why, you're here? that's why I'm here. Because <laughs> it was kind of touch and go. They you were all going to come down. Yeah, I didn't commit. They were all going to come down, and I just finally caved in. I knew I should be here. So This interview went a lot better in my head <laughs> before you got up there. <laughs> and by the way, if you were wearing this, I wouldn't have drafted you either. Yeah, you like this? What do you guys think of the suits? No, it's cool. The we had to do spoken. something special. We had to do something special. These guys extracted all of my stories. Is there anything left? If you guys listen to the podcast. Who listened to the podcast? The Brian Evans podcast. Yes. Yeah. Right. You might need something new. What else you got? So I had carved out, like, I thought this was a radio kind of interview, right? I had carved out, like, 30 minutes. The intro they were introducing me took like 20 minutes. I started, you could tell in the, when I'm talking, all of a sudden I was on speaker. I was like clearing off the rest of my day to do this podcast. And it went on for three and a half hours. So I have no more stories. All right. Uh, have you been watching the team this year? I haven't because they don't put it on TV. 
That's right. It's been on BTN the, Plus. Now, though, now we're moving into you have I will BTN. Watch. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're good For now. sure. Yeah. And uh, let's just get into a fun one. Who do you hate more, Kentucky or Purdue? Ty. Ty. Mm-hmm. Good answer. Is, is there anybody else in that conversation? No. They stand alone. Were you happy when Evansville beat Kentucky the other night? Yes. Yeah. That was a good moment. That was a good moment. You know we're ridiculous fans when we're... Well, Evansville's in Indiana. We'll take credit for that. Yeah, win absolutely. Too. Absolutely. I mean, that is... That but is we've wrong. got Evansville guys, too. Jimmy Cruz, the best ever. Love Jim. Yes. Uh, he recruited me when he was at Evansville. Uh, Marty Simmons, who... All you, since we got the best fans here, everybody knows Marty. Calvert Cheney. Calvert, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was rooting for him. Yeah, Evansville's been a, a, a nice place for uh, a pipeline to Indiana. So, Brian, we're just happy you're here, man. Now, wait, wait. Yeah. Later, though, are you going to the volleyball match or the basketball game? Volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to be at the volleyball we're game gonna also. We're going to stop in, too. We're going to stop in. We got in. called out by Coach Aird on Twitter. He saw us. He said, we're in Bloomington. Come to the volleyball game. We're going. We it encourage everybody five, else. Right? Five o'clock. So everybody yeah, else. You could get over and pop in there and support the volleyball team before coming over to Assembly Hall. We'll be there. Yeah, he's doing a great job. And, yeah. and they want to fill that place. If you guys haven't been to Wilkinson Hall, it's really cool. Finally got a, a good building for wrestling and volleyball. Yeah. Let are me we, ask you this. Are, are we, we getting you some brownie points here? You know, I'll answer. I'm, I'm not trying to duck questions. If you want to ask, like, recruitments, I'll answer. I'm, no, no. I'm not trying to, I mean, I'm an asshole, but I'm not that big of a <laughs> No, your time's up. Uh, <laughs> deal. I do want to ask the fantasy camp that you did coach at last year. Do you plan on doing it? If you're available next year, will you come back? If they ask me, but I mean, it's, I think it takes somebody like you. You're in, Pulling man. that together. These guys, this is awesome what they pulled together. <laughs> I can't believe it. Thank you. You're, you're definitely going to be there. I'm telling you, Brian made that camp. I mean, immediately. You get there, you're nervous, you're on Assembly Hall's court, and you see Brian come down and just shoot the shit with you and shoot some shots, and it was, it just, it just made you feel so comfortable. He is the reason why that camp was so amazing. He's a huge part of it, and if he goes back, it's why everybody should go back and sign up for that thing, either as a player or a coach, because getting to know this legend and, and just getting to hear his stories and be on the same court as him for anything and have him not draft you was an honor. <laughs> Brian Evans, everybody. Yeah. All right, this is a fun one. This is a fun one. Part of the fun of doing this podcast oh. is that we've not only been able to talk to great players of the past, but we've also been able to talk to some people that are associated with the program, with Indiana, people that love Indiana as much as we do, and alums that have gone on to incredible things and none have gone on to bigger and better things and represented the university any better than our next guest everybody loves her please welcome sage steel how cool is this how cool is this I, I feel like we're Thank not going to have to work with Sage on her mic technique. Right. Eat the mic. I, I think you might have some pointers for us. Yes, I promise. So what's it feel like But I have back? had the best vodka cranberry I've had in years. <laughs> <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> I will cut you. Uh-oh. Don't touch it. So when was the last time you were back in Bloomington? Um, well, with Galen Clavio. Yeah. October. Uh, I know. What Galen is doing for this entire university 
the best. I'm, yeah. I'm recruiting people to come to, you know, learn to be a sportscaster now at Indiana University. Wow. So, well, just the, saying. The commercial's great. Did you Thank have you. A, Did you have any say in the casting of Young Sage? No, but I met her at an event in Carmel yeah. last month, and I saw her, and I'm like, Sage! <laughs> <laughs> but it was, I have to tell you, when I saw the commercial, first of all, when they contacted me about it, I was floored, and I'm like, yeah, right, we'll see. <laughs> And then they came to the house and, and did stuff. I actually came to my set in, in LA when I was doing NBA, just NBA. Um, when I saw it, I cried. Sure. Literally cried because who's this, this kid who almost got kicked out of Indiana University? And by the way, that's hard. I mean, that. <laughs> look, look. I, I mean, I had a roommate in college that never left his room. I think, I think that he graduated with honors. So. You know, I'm bearing my soul to my friends and you bust on me. Anyway, I have a commercial and he doesn't. Yeah, and in that. In and neither that do I, yeah. In that commercial, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't there a cameo in that commercial that you gotta be looking for? What? Bob Hamill is in that commercial. Yes, Bob Hamill's in the commercial. Again, I, bow, I was afraid to say hi to Bob Hamill when I was a student intern in the athletic department, and I'm standing there next to Bob Hamill. So for him to be in the, honestly, just please know that I act like a professional. I fake it. And when I, when I see that, I always know when it's aired. I don't, the Big Ten Network comes in every once in a while back in the boonies of Connecticut. Right. But I always know when it's aired because on social media, on Twitter, it'll light up and I'm like, oh, my commercial. <laughs> I will never, I've said it in the commercial and I meant it. I would not be here today. I would not have achieved my dream without Indiana University. I'm nothing without this school. So, Check it out. So academics aside. Yeah. <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I tried really hard. Mm -hmm. I swear I, I didn't party. I never came to the Bluebird, ever. <laughs> Every yeah. Thursday night, I was lined up, <laughs> and I was standing right there. Yeah. But it wasn't a party thing. I just, I struggled with, anyway, it's a story. I told you that story. Yeah, the, you did. Because you listen to the podcast, right? I mean, you listen to every podcast they do because it's amazing. And I want to apologize because I talked so much on that thing. You guys no, were falling asleep. No, it was asleep. the best. It's kind of what we do, Sage. But, you, but they bring out the conversation. You guys are, they're so talented. And look what they, well, look what you've created. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah, amazing. you. It's because of, no. So, Sage, one of the things that I think everybody who reached out to us after we did the podcast with you, the thing that resonated with them was you didn't grow up an Indiana fan. No. You had no connection to Indiana. You moved around a little bit. You landed in Indiana. You chose to go to Indiana. And you have so embraced what Indiana is. What is it about Indiana that just grabbed hold of you and hasn't let go? The thing is, more and more as I've moved away from Indiana, just as time has gone by, the more I long to be back. Yeah. Um, you know, you're young and you're trying to climb and make your, achieve your dreams. Um, what, it, what it was is because I moved my whole life, lived in different countries and with the military, my dad. Um, I didn't really have a home. And I love how I grew up. I wouldn't change a thing, but this was the first place that felt like home. So, and then when I come back, even long before I had a cool job on ESPN, um, I always felt like I was accepted. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it's, it's forever home for me. I think I put on Twitter, first of all, I'm not here without you guys. I mean, they, you brought me here and it was amazing. My 17-year-old my, my daughter was supposed to be here. She, we had a tough 36 hours. She's in the hospital. She's out. Or she's, okay. Okay. she's okay. She's okay. Yep. She's in bed. She better be. 
<laughs> but, um, you know, we've lived all over the country with her, with all three of my kids too. I wanted her to come, and she will, because I wanted her to feel what it is. You feel can this. hear, uh, you can hear about IU, and you can hear about the great academics and the great sports, um, but you have to feel it. Trust me, she'll be back. But but this Good. is where I pray she ends up. Actually, I'm paying for it, so yeah. she has no Gender. choice. <laughs> Great. Okay, I got to share a quick funny story about that that I don't think I've done on the podcast. Okay. I have three kids with my ex-wife, and when we were married, I thought I was being really smart because I thought, well, my kids are going to go to Indiana. Uh, so I found out that they had this thing where you could pay tuition now. Like your kid has to be one year old, you pay current tuition. And then they're locked in. And so you don't, you don't have to worry about inflation and rising costs. So it's amazing, right? I was like, I'm a genius. I figured this out. So I got all the stuff, made the first payment. Now the problem is if you pay and they don't go to Indiana, you lose all the money. So they gotta go to Indiana. So I was so happy. I was like, this is great. Julian, my son, he was like two years old. I come home, I'm like, I got this done. I made the payment, he's going to Indiana. Well, I mean, she's my ex-wife, so uh, <laughs> let's just say she didn't like that plan. She thought I, she was like, what are you doing? We live in Los Angeles. You're just deciding 17 years from now our son's going 3,000 miles away? I said, yeah, that is what I'm doing. And saving about 50 grand, that's what I'm doing. And how many so anyway. payments have you made since that conversation? Zero. Yeah, okay. So. Sage, when you, your, your father was a tremendous athlete, greatly respected by Coach Knight from their Army days, but when did you, was it going to a game, watching a game, when do you remember falling in love with Indiana basketball? Um, mm. I have to admit the 1987 story. Did I tell you, did I say that on the podcast? I don't remember. So I lived in Colorado Springs, military. I was whatever. Half these people weren't alive in 1987. That's annoying. <laughs> but Syracuse, right? Oh, National yeah. championship game. Here, we lived in Greece a few years before that. Long story. My mother was in love with Ronnie Cycli. I mean, uh, the sure. Greek god, right? Big, handsome man, sure. And uh, she had Cycli. I had Keith Smart. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I learned what it was about. Um, and also, I'd heard the stories about Knight through the years because of my dad's experience with Coach Knight at Army, which was not a great experience. <laughs> I mean, hello. But um, I, I don't know if I, I think I said this on the podcast. I had never, I didn't step foot on this campus until after I enrolled. I never even visited. I just saw that they had a major that was sports communications broadcast. And I'm like, oh, I want to be at an ESPN. That's what I'm going to do. And I just came here. And we, I, Moved to Carmel, Indiana, my senior year of high school. So I wasn't really from here, from here. I saw the major, um, but from afar, watching this program and the little things to me, as a military kid, there's no names on the back of the jerseys at Indiana. Right. Your shirt was tucked in. Your haircut was tight. Like that I identified with and I liked the, um, the respect. I the liked discipline. the discipline. I liked everything that represented Indiana basketball. So that's why I fell in love with it was because of the entire program. And it, 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 it's cheesy. My kids roll their eyes at this, but it's truly no I in team. It was the team that represented the school, not about particular players. And that's what I fell in love with. Yeah. That is great. Well, we have all, I think I could speak for everybody in this room, we have all fallen in love with you watching your career over the years. And the way your passion for everything, but every time you have an opportunity to talk about Indiana, the way you talk about it, it just makes us all feel real good that we have that bond with you. You are, you've got a loud microphone, 
and a big audience. I'm, I get I get yelled. Sometimes my bosses are like, enough. No, no, and I'm no. Like, you just know keep what? going. I'm in the middle of like Yukon country yeah. and, and Yankees and Patriots, and I'm so sick of the Northeast. Yeah. So I'm like, I gotta bring it back here, and I try. And sometimes with my co-host Kevin Agandi, he's Temple, and I'm yeah. like, nobody even knows where the hell Temple is. <laughs> it's fine. So we we fight a lot. This football thing, you guys, we need to represent this football team and participate them as well all these years. Yeah. And last night I was looking through my, two things and I'll shut up. Yeah. I was looking through some old pictures. I was up all night because I was afraid I was going to miss my flight. So I was like, I'm just not going to sleep. <laughs> I'm a little loopy. <laughs> <laughs> and I found this bag, this Ziploc bag with all old pictures from my time at IU. And I found the, um, among other things, I found a football card from 94, the schedule. The last time IU was ranked in the top 25, 1994, mm -hmm. playing Penn State in that game. So, I mean, you go back a quarter century, that's how old we are, right? I will say, I also found in that, in that little baggie, my fake ID. Yeah. Nice. Literally, nice. I literally, did I tell you this? I literally went to the DMV. I, I'm a felon. <laughs> I went to the DMV in Bloomington with my best friend's birth certificate, all of the above. Social security card. This is back before the internet, thank Th God. This is here in town, right? In town. Yep. And mm -hmm. I walked in there. Um, do I look like a Julie Levy? <laughs> <laughs> no. My best friend, nice no, Jewish girl from Southman, Indiana. I don't, I, I got it. And let mm -hmm. me tell you. The first two I years, I, the blue <laughs> the first two years I came into the Bluebird, I was Patrick Cavazes. <laughs> Bartender back there, I'll never forget his face when I came in to celebrate my 21st. He was like, hey, happy birthday. Which one is it? 21st. And he just looked at me like, you've been lying to me for two years. Whatever we had is over. And he walked away, and he didn't even serve me a shot. No. Yeah. Memories. Memories. I swear. But I, my, I brought my parents here. We stood back in that corner over there on Parents Weekend. And that, don't duck. Were you there? <laughs> Rob! I mean, this is 1994 Parents Weekend, standing back here for my favorite band. The cover band was Realize. We stood right here. I'd stand in line outside. Right? Realize? That was the best band. Um, and real quick, for me as a fan, because that's how, when you have a dream to be a sportscaster, it's because you're a fan. Yes. And for me to see, like, this is the only place in the on the planet where I'm allowed to be a fan and not be criticized or judged for it. So to see Brian Evans again, I was like, Brian, I was obsessed with you. Yeah. <laughs> and Sharon and Coverdale and all these guys, like it, it, take, it takes me back. It really takes me back. And I remember I saw Brian, Brian at Colorado Steakhouse because I waited tables at Colorado Steakhouse. Yes. And I went up and I asked him for an autograph. What'd Back he say? then, oh, he was very kind. He didn't? Uh, Trust uh, me, I'd call him out if not at this point. Right. Yeah. So anyway, as a fan, and this is my home. This is all I know, you guys. So well, I just want to thank welcome you. Home. Thank Everybody, you. give it up for Julie Levy. Julie Levy. Can I get a picture? And wait, hello. I went on the plane with these socks today. Do you like them? Let's just keep this one short and sweet. How about the toughest son of a bitch who's played for Indiana University, Tom Coverdale? You know, Tom, when we would tell other players, teammates of yours, that you were going to be attending, there was this reaction like, ha, 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 That's going to be a lot of good, good memories in this place. Yeah. You do have memories? You remember some? Oh, yeah. All right, oh, yeah. very good. By the way, my fake ID name was Scott Hagen. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You had a fake ID? You were Tom Coverdale. Well, this was my freshman year when no one knew the, who the hell I was. Okay. <laughs> How did it work when you got, because let's just be honest, we're all adults. You like going to a bar, you enjoy it, you enjoy socializing. When you got a little bit more well-known, your junior and senior years, were you able to go out at all or was it all back at the apartment in the house? I mean, we obviously went out. This was pre-internet days. Right. Thank God. And pre, pre-phone. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we had, I mean, our teammates, that was what made our group so special. It's like everywhere we went, we went together. And uh, we had some great times, that's for sure. When was the last time you, George, Jeff, AJ, Kyle had been in the same room? Has it been a few years? Uh, we went to AJ's wedding. In, in the winter. Oh, nice. We, never, nice. we never thought that was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's been a while since all of us, you know, I, we keep in touch pretty good and, uh, you know, a great group of guys. And what's that look like? Like a big text chain with all of you on it, like during games where you're busting each other's chops? Or how does that uh, work? A little bit. I mean, me and George and uh, Jeff keep in track pretty, pretty regularly. And then obviously... Uh, Mike Roberts, who's here now, yes. I keep in contact and yeah, I talk about getting a great guy in the system and, and he's one of the most loyal guys and loves this place with all his heart and I think that's what this program needs. Absolutely, it's good to have an Indiana guy there. Out with an Elston and with a Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, no relation. How's life today? What's, what's going on in your life? Where are you at? Uh, I'm uh, living Fishers. I have twins that are going to be three uh, next month. Wow. And a lovely wife, Rachel. And uh, life is good. Can't That's complain great. at all. Do we think the three-year-olds, is it uh, boys, girls? Mixed? One of each. One I, of each. I went the Hornsby route. Do we have uh, ballers? <laughs> they have balls in their hands. It yeah. might be a little too early, but they're getting better. Very good. How much basketball are you watching these days? Do you, are you able to watch a lot of Indiana games or just college basketball in general? Or does watching make you a little bit like too nostalgic about your time. What's it like for you? No, I love it. It's, it's fun when you get older to just become a fan. And uh, I, I, I got to watch the third game IU played this year, but the other two, you know, with all the cable stuff yeah. going on, you know, I'm not ordering something for two games. But the what I did see, I, you know, I think they have a chance to have a promising year. When you talked to us on the podcast, you talked about, and it's something I think a lot of fans heard and really appreciated that this team and program needs players with some FU in them. That that's how you phrased it. Yeah, yeah. And when Rob, Rob got a little FU with the player a couple of games ago, did. did you notice that? Did you like um, that? I did. I did. <laughs> and if you remember, I said I think he's one of the only ones that has that. But I, I, I've just been, the, the thing that's been most frustrating for me is, you know, when you watch a team play and they get down by 10 or 12 points and no one puts anybody on their ass, like, are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, have a little heart and emotion and get into the game. And it, I think that's what we've been missing in this program for a little while, and hopefully we can get back to it. They need to channel their inner Moye. Exactly. Yeah, I just ran into AJ on the street last night, and just the greeting he gave me hurt real bad. <laughs> God, that is a powerful human being. Oh, yeah, he likes to hit the back a little bit. All right, Cuff, do you, have a le you got a leech story for us? You got a good leech story or a Moye I can story? piggyback on the bathroom thing. Okay, give us, give us some more. It's not the dirty part of it, but I do remember the first time I went to his house or apartment in college. And you got to understand, George had three older sisters growing up. 
So we always made fun of him. You know, you have, I had two older brothers that beat the crap out of me. He had three older sisters that were loving him all the time. So I walked in the bathroom. I go, you have got to be kidding me. And he goes, what? I go, are those Scooby-Doo shower? Is that a Scooby-Doo shower curtain you have right there? I was like, we're not going to win a game. <laughs> like that the scooby-doo shower curtain test you go if you see that like stop recruiting now now have you already had some ooey i have not yet yeah i I would i would think maybe george would just bring some straight in for the former team well he just he better have some to go (laughs) exactly you going to the game later Uh, i am not tonight all right it's a late game it's an 8 p.m game tough with the kids too you got to get home well cov uh we're just so happy you're here. I mean, you, you were a guy, I think my dad has said, one of, one of his favorite players of all time, I Tom Covey. I met him earlier. Oh, you did? Very good. <laughs> the way you played the game, your toughness, uh, your tenacity, the intensity, it just, like you talked about putting guys on their ass, it just seemed like we would be okay if Tom Coverdale was on the court. And I feel just personally safe that you're right next to me right now. <laughs> so... I just thank you for everything you did for Indiana. Thank you for doing our podcast. Thank you for being here. You are the toughest son of a bitch I've ever seen play, and we need more of that. Tom, thank Cumberland. you. Cove. What do we got here? Twenty to fourteen. Yeah, we're hanging in there. We're not going away. So, so okay. I got a little story. Uh, this player comes up. Uh, we were here two years ago. There's some gentlemen in the back. I'm gonna say Mike Baycorn, his name, just to call him out on that. And I swore that Colin Hartman was in here as well. And they said, no, Ward, no, you're crazy. You're dumb. It wasn't Colin Hartman. But because of this podcast and what it's allowed us to do, I was able to ask Colin if it was him. And Colin said, yes, it was him. No stranger to the Bluebird. Colin Hartman, come on up. All right, Colin, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, how are you? Good, how is life post IU basketball? Uh, it's different. <laughs> um, the real world, working, not playing ball. Um, it's weird, it's weird to watch from afar and uh, mo- a lot of the guys that I've played with on the teams and stuff like that, they're starting to get cycled out. And yeah. not, I'm not as close with a lot of the guys anymore just because I didn't play with them and it's getting weird, but... Uh, do you find yourself getting angry, like, like watching the games? Like, why is he doing that? Like, because some of these guys you did play with. There's still a couple right. guys on the team. You played with Duran. You played with Devontae. Devontae, yeah. Uh, did a lot you, of Devontae. <laughs> do, <laughs> like, what do, are you doing? <laughs> do you find yourself getting angry when you see uh, things happen? Yeah. Um, to be quite honest with you, sometimes I just stop watching. Really? Like, it, I don't know. It's, just, it's weird because I know what should be happening. Because obviously I was there with the transition mm-hmm. uh, into Coach Miller and, and everything. It's just, it's like, it's, you know what should be happening. You watch it in the practice. You, you know what should be happening. It's just not. It's frustrating. Okay, but now three games in. <laughs> yeah, we're playing are well. Star- are you starting to see those principles that came in with the new oh, regime? Yeah. You're starting to see it bear fruit out there? Because oh, it's yeah. tough for us laymen to judge with lesser opponents, mm-hmm. but you're seeing it starts to be instilled. Right, and I think that uh, the program's in phenomenal hands with Coach Miller and, and T.O. and Bruiser and all those guys. Um, so I'm really yeah. looking forward to that. Um, but, I mean, he's starting to get his system in. Guys are buying in. Um, and that's really what it is about, is like everybody just play your role, 
do the right thing and, and have each other's back and everything will fall in place because got good game plans, good strategies and everything like that. So it's just go out there and do your job. <laughs> one, you were one of our earlier podcast interviews mm -hmm. and, and we really appreciated you coming on. Your podcast was also known for us just putting our feet in our mouths <laughs> in a huge way. Yeah. That's um, life. That's life. I, I will just, you should go back and listen to that one. I made a fool out of myself. Or don't. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. But if you want to see Ward and I embarrass ourselves. Colin's great. Colin's great. Listen to him for great. Colin. Ward and I are total idiots. You don't have to. Um, <laughs> um, how often are you recognized in town? Are people coming up to you asking for pictures all the time? What's it like being a former player living in Indiana? Nah, I'm just another tall white guy. <laughs> uh, no, but sometimes there was this one story when I, uh, I went to... I went to dinner and, and uh, there was this little kid at a table. He was like 11 or 12 and he was sitting at a table far away and he kept looking at me and I, I refused to make eye contact. I just felt weird. Um, but he kept looking at me and looking at me and, you know, and then all of a sudden when they had finished their meal, it was him and his dad and he, uh, <laughs> he walked over to me and I could just see it out of the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, here we go. And he looked at me and I was like, hey buddy, how you doing? And, he said, uh, Mr. Hartman, can I have a picture with you? I was like, yeah, that's great. And he, his face lit up, and so he just jumped in the booth with me. And I was like, hey. And so he put his arm around me, and he looked at the person across from me who just went like this. <laughs> and we didn't have a camera. I was like, do you have your phone? Do you want to take the And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so, um, and you got starstruck. <laughs> it happens. It yeah. happens. It, he got nervous and it was funny, but he signed a coaster and but it's funny. Well, and I think it's something that, that it's talked a lot about to recruits of coming into the program. The very small number of recruits are going to go ahead and play in the NBA. Some more will maybe get to go overseas. But at the end of the day, how valuable has your IU education been? And then just the alumni support for when you're ready to go out into the real world. Uh, how big of a deal is that to have gone to IU and then go look for a job? Oh, it's incredible. Uh, obviously, I grew up in Indiana, so I, I know what it means I know what the fan base means and and how it's the lifeline of the whole program um, it's it doesn't matter where you go in the country I think there's a statistic that I saw that IU has the largest alumni base in the country um, and so it doesn't matter where you go New York Chicago wherever you go you'll find an IU bar for sure yeah, yeah. Um, on the road my mom always found all the IU bars she went to all of my games and traveled she found an IU bar at every town every city um, but I mean it's fun I mean it opens a lot of doors for you um, it gives you a lot of opportunities to meet some amazing people that have really accomplished a lot in their life and that can really help you um, if you apply yourself um, and I mean, it's just it speaks volumes to how giving the fan base is if, if, if you come in you do the right thing you care you carry yourself the right way and well, it, which you did I mean you, because you worked so hard you were such an exemplary player and with the the injuries you did go through <laughs> when I was but, on the floor but for all these people to see you fight through those and stick with the university and say you would stick around for the new regime and help you know bring some carryover to what Indiana basketball should be about regardless of who the coaches are you personify that as a player, and well, I think you. it had to be invaluable for the new coaching staff to have you as a shining example. Well, thank you. Who yes. wouldn't want to hire this guy? No kidding. <laughs> and um, I just have to say this, too. Like, 
The guy looks like a supermodel. I mean, uh, what yeah, the hell is going on uh, here? Uh, an Adonis of the night. An Adonis oh, of the night. That was interesting. I got so many texts after. So Bill Walton, uh, when we yeah. went and played out in Maui, I tried to forget that trip, though. Um, yeah. It didn't end well for us. Um, but the season ended well for us. But one of all my friends, I got back from the game. I think we lost that game. I can't remember. But they were like, did you hear what Bill Walton said about you? And I was like, no. He was talking about my physique and how I was the Adonis of the night. I had to Google Adonis of the night. I had no clue what it is. And after I found out what it was, I disagreed with him. <laughs> I, I would get it made on a T-shirt. Adonis of the night yeah. right here with an arrow. I have a feeling it was like a lyric in a Grateful Dead song. It was. Probably oh, it was. No There's been some people probably. on Twitter who no have responded. It probably was. <laughs> From right, well, the Colin, 70s. <laughs> We can't thank you enough for being here. Like Ward said, you were an exemplary player because of the way you played the game. You represented the school right. And uh, if people look at you as an example of what it means to play for Indiana basketball, this program's going to be fine. Give it up for Colin Hartman. Thank you. How often in life do you actually get to say, I met and talked to the greatest of all time. The GOAT. The GOAT. The GOAT. Well, we got to do that a couple months ago when we had the chance to, again, expand the podcast a little bit and speak to somebody who is the greatest of all time at Indiana University. She simply is the best that has put on the jersey. We, and, and led and started, along with Coach Morin, a resurgence of the Indiana women's basketball program that continues to today. The team is ranked the highest ranking that they've ever had. Please welcome the GOAT, Tyra Buss. Tyra, Tyra. Tyra, uh, have you been getting practice with the microphone lately? Bit. This is a good practice, too. Yeah. Would you like to share with the folks who may not know what, what that's all about? Yeah, so I just recently took a broadcasting gig with the Big Ten Network, um, so I'm going to be... <laughs> My first game is December 22nd, UCLA at Indiana. So nice. Good little start, um, but yeah, I'm super, super excited for that. And Do you have to do training or anything for it, or are they, are they asking you to practice... At home, watching games? Not really. I've kind of asked um, around um, to other Big Ten, you know, broadcasters. Um, probably should get some advice from Sage Steele over there. Mentor. Yeah, Sage. Um, Everybody could use a good mentor. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, so I've kind of been practicing on my own, too, at home. Um, but, yeah. Is What's that look like? Is it in the mirror where you got the video camera up and then you play no, it back? I just have a game playing, and then they told me to turn the um, volume down and then just kind of go with it. So... So wait, you be doing a play-by-play, -play, color commentary? I'm color commentary, yep. Awesome. So Tyra, I'm, I'm curious because how, is it weird for you to, you played basketball your whole life, came to Indiana, led the program, set every record that is possible to set, and we're really at, at, the, at the pinnacle that anybody can be. And now you're starting at the bottom of a new profession, something new. Butterflies, nerves, is it, the, is it really different than when you were playing? Absolutely. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot different. You know, I get to kind of, you know, see it from another point of view, which I'm really excited for. Um, you know, I know the game really well, so I'm excited to kind of, you know, voice my knowledge 
um, in that aspect. But I will I will take it. I think starting at the Big Ten Network, you're not starting at the bottom. <laughs> That's true. I have a friend, Jeremiah Johnson. I'm going to shout him out. He's a big deal with the Pacers now. But he started off in Kentucky. So I think you're hitting the ground running. Starting at the bottom is like starting in Ward's garage hosting a podcast. Yes. <laughs> and some people stay at the bottom. Yes. We just, we are crushing the bottom. Uh, but Tyra, talk for a second about how good it feels to watch the Indiana women's basketball team, see them ranked, tons of national attention. And it started really with your commitment and Coach Morin coming over and what you did for the program, and they have just built on top of that. How good does that feel to watch? It feels great, you know, and, and like I said, I always, the reason I chose Indiana was just, you know, to come, um, you know, make an impact on a program and to build it up to what it deserves to be. And I think, you know, now, looking back, it's just crazy the things that, you know, I, I did, my teammates did, and then now looking at them being ranked, um, you know, 21, you know, could, you know, with these next couple tournaments they're in, they could, you know, be even higher in the rankings. And so it's really cool to see, Coach Morin and her staff have done a tremendous job um, recruiting. The players that they've brought in um, have really just bought in, and I think that's the biggest thing is they have so much chemistry, um, and, that's, and that's really important to have. Have you thought at all about you're going into broadcasting? Did you think at all about going into coaching? I did, um, yeah, and that's something that I'm still kind of looking, looking into, maybe starting at a GA position somewhere and, and kind of building my way up. Somewhere? You started Indiana. <laughs> yeah, nowhere else. We're not letting you go. <laughs> you stay here. Okay. But yeah, coaching would definitely be something I, I would look into. Uh, now, when when you uh, are you able to go, are you going to be able to be objective? Are you going to be able to not be a fan? Because you know Sage said this is the one place she can be a fan. But your first gig, th those are your those are your girls out there. Yeah, those are the ladies. It's tough. It's tough. And actually, when I went to um, you know the Big Ten Network studio in Chicago for my audition. I did an Indiana um, game at Ohio State, and so they said I did a really good job. They complimented me on that, of not being biased and, you know, not saying we did this or there. Like, I just really, that's something that's going to be tough from the beginning, but I'm excited. Yeah. And Tyra, when we had you on the podcast, we talked about you were doing some private coaching. Are you still doing that? I am, yep. I'm in Bloomington doing some private lessons with... I mean, come on. So if we showed up early for pro camps <laughs> next year, a couple of days. I got you. you yeah, you yeah. could fix you could fix my hitch in, in like 48 hours. <laughs> there is nothing she could do to help <laughs> us. No, nothing. Uh, I do want to say, though, to anybody here that's got young kids that are learning how to play basketball and you want them to learn how to play it the right way, hit Tyra up on Twitter. Uh, best way to go. Yep. Twitter. And up through high school, right? I mean, what, you yeah. have an age limit? No, nope. I'd go just, from... Just not 40-year-old dudes. 7 to 19. <laughs> Yeah, you could. Yeah, okay. Right. okay. Things just got weird, guys. Uh, Tyra, we were so happy to have you on the show. We spent, we could do 10 more hours with you. It really, it was such a pleasure to watch you. I, I was honest, I did not pay attention to women's basketball in Indiana when I was here. It's my fault. I didn't pay attention to it since I left. And when you committed, it changed something in the program. And I really paid attention from that point on. And I'm very excited about the program. I hope more and more people are following it. And you deserve the, a lot of the credit for that. Thank you. And thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Thank Tyra so Everybody doing all right out there? How's the barbecue? I smell it. Yeah, ooh-wee. Good stuff. Oh, oh, oh. Well, hey, guys, yeah. most of these folks we've had the honor and pleasure of, of doing a podcast with. Um, but this one, we will get on the podcast. Can, just for a second, Ward, this is just surreal. 
The whole thing. I mean, what the hell is going on? The here? whole thing. And this with this is, one in particular. This one is crazy. I, I will say, I think, like many folks, uh, there was something so special about those early 90s teams at the formative years of my life and my father taking me to games. Not only Indiana basketball games, he also took me to a Western Dolphins game. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna bring up two people at once. Yeah. It's not just Ricky Rowe, it's Matt Nova. Yes! How cool is this? The man who shut down Shaquille O'Neal, that's right. No big deal, just ended his college career. No that's big right. deal. Right, we did. I did. <laughs> so, so you guys mentioned um, I haven't been on the podcast yet, right? No, we we've been and, saving. And, you. and a lot of people went in front of me. <laughs> but, but I guess uh, if this doesn't go well, that won't happen anyway, right? That's right. So maybe yeah, this is true. like the first test. That's right. It's definitely right? a test for us. If this sure. goes okay, then I prove prove Matt and over for the podcast. All right. So no, 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 no. It's it's much more the reverse. You approving us. How you doing? What, tell people what you're doing today. Where are you at? I know you're in town, but tell yeah. people what's going on. Yeah, I've been back in Bloomington for the last five years. So my wife is European. I met her playing basketball overseas. Yeah. Um, I'm in medical device sales. I'm a regional sales manager. I do a lot of basketball coaching. Got a 10-year-old, soon to be 11. Uh, he's on the local Catholic school league in CYO. I coach with uh, fellow former player Todd Lindemann. Yes, Lindemann. Uh, nice. And um, yeah, that's about it. So you, you got to go all over the world with the game of basketball. You, you were on one of the greatest Indiana teams. Uh, you went to the Final Four. Uh, you're a movie star. Uh, you, you play, yeah, we, we had to get Matt a tractor for him to show up today. He, I that pulled was, up in it, yeah. That, no, that was, it's sitting outside. <laughs> um, but you came back to Bloomington. What is it about Bloomington that brought you back? Well, to, ra to raise a family. Yeah, well, it's a great town, first of all, right, to raise a family in. Uh, a lot of great contacts. And, I mean, look at this. I mean, look at the crowd that we have here. Everybody comes out to see us at the, I don't know how long you guys have been promoting this. It hadn't been long. But it's just a great place to come back to a tradition and a place that I love, that I learned to love, and is really a part of me inside. So it's been a pleasure. When you decided to move back and started going around town, going to the grocery and stuff, how... Were you immediately kind of reminded of how big Indiana basketball is? People coming up to you, wanting to talk to you, embracing you and your family? Well, it's a little funny. I look a little different, apparently. So I don't get recognized. Plus, it's been 30 years ago, right? So um, I always get this. So you used to be a lot bigger. <laughs> what happened? I'm like, well, nothing happened. But, you know, I, um, didn't, I don't need all that size and strength anymore to push people around like Shaq and Chris Weber and Juwan Howard. So... Uh, you, you had a pretty good record against that Fab Five, didn't you? Three and one. Yeah, yeah, kind of had their number. Yeah. So, so when you are playing in Europe, and obviously Europe's sending over some really good players these days, um, how do the fans there compa compare to hysterical fans? Is there, is there a fervor there in Europe? Is it growing? Is it getting stronger? What did you see over there? For basketball in general? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what country you're in. So every country is a little bit different. Spain, for example, has a huge basketball tradition. Mm -hmm. uh, Greece and the Eastern Bloc countries have a huge basketball tradition, right? Um, and then it all works on clubs there, and all the clubs are based and built on soccer, mm. um, European football. Sure. Um, so you join a European football league, and that's kind of where that fan base is. And you get 
great rabid fans like like Hoosiers. You do. So, so they're, it's, it's they're, awesome. You're actually affiliated with the soccer clubs. With the, the club. The, the football clubs, right, if you will. Right, right. And within that club, you've got all the sports. You've got soccer, football, um, volleyball, swimming. And it goes from the pros all the way down to six-year-old. So they go up, just like our AAU travel is kind of mm -hmm. 12 and under, 14 and under, 16 and under. Yeah. They have that under one roof of one club. So you've got the whole thing. And usually they're sports fans. Just like Indiana University, all these folks probably follow a lot of other sports besides basketball. Absolutely. Because your heart is the, Indi is the school. It's about Indiana basketball. So and works they're the with same. the club. That's right. Got it. We are going to do a real podcast with you where we get to go in depth on your IU career. But since we have you here, and we haven't talked to anybody who was on the set of Blue Chips, <laughs> give us a Blue Chips story. Just give us something, what you remember, what sticks out from that experience. Well, I mean, that was... You know, I, I had no idea at the time. They came to see us. They came to study Coach Knight, emulate how we did things in the program. Nick Nolte was here for two weeks. Um, oh, I saw him out in front of Assembly Hall smoking like a chimney. Oh, my goodness, yeah. <laughs> he didn't stop. And, and so when they left, it, you know, for me, it was pretty much done. And they were going to make a movie, and they actually invited Calvert and Chris Reynolds and Greg Graham for us to play in it, which was a great honor. And so we were excited for that. But my next step was finishing the season, because this was in January or February. My next step was finishing the season and then going pro. So my focus was basketball. Um, the Ricky Rowe part, they came to me and said that they were looking for someone to play this other specific role. So when I was in an NBA tryout out in Phoenix, or I think it was Denver or Phoenix, they were out there. Uh, they called me up to their suite and they said, hey, we've been looking for this actor slash basketball player to play this bigger part in the movie Blue Chips, Ricky Rowe. We would love for you to do it. What do you think? And I said, well, let, let's give it a try. I mean, I've never done any acting. I think the last thing I did was a sixth grade play as King Louie. That was like, a, I, mean, I didn't have any theater experience, so it wasn't my focus. Like, it, it wasn't anything that I thought or had interest in. Um, but it was a great honor. They came to me. They thought I had a certain look. We went through some scenes right there in the hotel. And from that, the, after the NBA camp was over, they flew me out to Hollywood, where I met with the director and some of the other actors in the movie. We went through some more scenes in front of the camera and signed a contract. So that's kind of how was, it happened. Was, did, did you bring it up to Shaq as, as you're now co-stars? Did you talk some trash about that? I just and, told him how we, we beat him and gave him his last college game. And, <laughs> and uh, he thought he... He thought he could come in there and throw me around, and, and I wouldn't let, let that happen. That happen. I think he knocked me back one time. He got, he got leverage on me one time. But um, I don't know if you remember. I mean, that, that, that was a battle. And he still kind of got what he was going to get. Yeah. But our goal was to make it as hard on him as possible. And I don't think he had, he had maybe one or two dunks. And one of them was insignificant in the last minute or so. And the other one was in the first half. Um, and we wanted to stop his penetration and getting close to the basket. And pretty much we did. And we didn't have to, I mean, we couldn't apply Hackashack, because I don't know if you guys know this. Do you know what he shot from the free throw line? No. Does anybody know? What did he shoot that game? Anybody know what he shot that game? He never did it before, and he never did it after in his entire 100%. career. 100% from the free throw line. 12 for 12. Wow. I thought I was like good for at least five rebounds just off of his missed free throws. Yeah. Right? He didn't miss one. He didn't make 12 free throws the rest of his NBA career. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, Matt, Ward said it at the top. They're, every IU team is special, and as we talk to all the players from different eras, we realize how special Indiana is, and every player has an amazing story.
but there is no denying that there are eras of Indiana basketball that stick out. Your teams in the early 90s made such an indelible impression on kids like Ward and I when we were in high school that it just sticks with you. And you think about that when you think about Indiana basketball. For many of the people in this room, I think they're with us, that when I think of Indiana basketball, I think of how you played the game, how your teams played the game. And it's a huge reason why we're wearing two stupid suits and Indiana gear head to toe, literally. You got Indiana underwear on? Those custom fit too? Yeah. Uh, uh, custom I mean, fit? He had a tailor his a little a bit. Tailor Mine came yeah. out of the yeah. box this way. Yeah. The length, the length. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They were crazy long. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, what you guys did for Indiana basketball, I know you wanted a national championship. We all did. But what you did, you left a legacy of how to play basketball in Indiana and what that standard is. And I'm just eternally grateful for it because I think about those games and watch those games all the time. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for being here. Thank Matt Nover, Ricky Rowe, Chesterton's finest. I just see Tyra and Sage over here taking pictures together and realize what a, what a special thing is going on here. It is incredible. And I think we are now about to bring up the tallest gentleman in the room and the gentleman responsible for that. What kind of barbecue is it? Ooh-wee! Ooh-wee barbecue. Sorry, guys. I got horse last night. I know that's not my normal take on it. I just got to tell you a quick story. When we were putting this event together, we wanted to provide some drinks. We wanted to provide some food. And Ward, I think, actually brought up the idea of the barbecue truck. And we just joked about it. They're in Charlotte. They're not going to. There's no way. And I reached out to George. And without hesitating, George was like, I get to come back to Bloomington? I'm in. What do we got to do to figure this out? Let's just do it. Whatever it takes, we will be there. So I am just so grateful that he's here. I hope everybody's using their meal coupons and getting that barbecue. But guys, please put your hands together from Charlotte, George Leach. He had to watch his head. He had oh. to watch his head. When you hug him, he smells smoky. It's great. I know. It smells real good. Yeah. What time did you get here this morning? Uh, I got going about 5.45, 6 o'clock. 5.45, 6 o'clock, so you all could enjoy that fine food. George, you came back on Monday night, right? Big mistake. <laughs> Too long? Snow. Huh? We were literally towing through the snow. Oh, went through the snow. Yeah, not fun. This is your first time back in Bloomington since when? We were back from um, the golf reunion about three years ago. Got it. So, you know, this is the first time I actually, you know, work-related. You know, right. We've been in Bloomington. So now, now we, we heard somebody talking yesterday that maybe we might have a, a longer-term presence here. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, you know, essentially it would be full circle. You know, we want to, you know, keep branding the business. I'm not necessarily wanting to franchise or do it myself, but you know, we're trying to figure out how to logistically get it up here. So maybe Our, next two, th two years probably. I, I think you got a real good test market here. Dude. I think you got a lot of really happy people. But there is no doubt the food is great. What the hell was going on with your bathtub in college? <laughs> All right, so. Let's hear it. It's AJ, right? AJ, Coverdale, so, Jared. This is the pot calling the tub black. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, AJ said something like that, like, our rooms are side by side. So, yeah. you know, that, that means I'm clean. So, so. What about the Red Lobster? Do you remember the Red Lobster story? Don't recall that at all. <laughs> Jared said that you ordered Red Lobster. You're a big Red Lobster fan. I love crab legs. Yep, there you go. Yeah. And you left just kind of fresh seafood in your apartment when you went away for a big road trip. I did do that. <laughs> and you had to get somebody to, like, break into the yes. apartment. Yeah, we all had a key. So yeah. we get on the road, and Jared's like, I hate you. I'm like, what happened? He said, you left all those crab legs. I ate them. The shells were in there, but it still was just bad. Right. I made a mistake. <laughs> What's it like being back in Bloomington? What do you, what do you miss about being here? Uh, it's great. Uh, you see all this right here. You know, like, I, uh, A sea of crimson. Yeah, I'm, I'm an out-of-stater. So, you know, I grew up in you know, Charlotte. We got North Carolina, Duke, Wake Forest, ACC country. You get up here, like, even on my visit, it was like, these people are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, now to this day, like, we still get customers that went to Indiana, you know, every day in Charlotte. There's not a day that we're not out with the truck that somebody from Indiana is close. It's a big family. So. Like, like Cody Zeller? He just yes, strolls in? Yeah, Co Cody is tall. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He, he, but this was tall. Let's see. Let me see a guy. That You're saying a guy is tall? He's tall. Does he have you? Huh? Does he have you? He has me. Wow. Wait, uh, look. Do not tell him I said that. <laughs> now, one of, we're going to get you and Jeff on the podcast to do okay. a real full thing. Sure. But one of the most fascinating things, and I'm going to kind of skip past your Indiana career because we'll do that on the podcast. Yeah, sure. But you and Jeff spent a ton of time in Japan. Yes. And became legends in Japan. So this whole, uh, I guess like Japan connection started with Brian Evans, I'm pretty sure. So kind of, he probably didn't even know it, but kind of set the tone to trust a guy from Indiana to come, they're gonna pay you a lot of money, they're gonna take care of you, they're gonna take care of your family, you know, and that kind of set the tone for other guys. Then, then Lynn Washington went over, then Jeff, and then myself, and like it kind of, Japan's very secure. Like, a lot of people don't know you go to Europe and a lot of the guys playing, you go to Europe and it is, you, you may not get a check, you may get a check and your contract six figures, but you may not get it. But Japan did every single thing but a book and I'm pretty sure it's from those older guys that went to Indiana that kind of set the tone for us. Mm. So people don't know this, but Jeff is the all-time winningest basketball player in Japanese history and he's black. <laughs> <laughs> he has the most championships, he has six rings, he'll tell you once a month that he has six rings. Does it, is there a statue of Jeff? I heard that they'd be like a statue to him or a bust. <laughs> yeah, Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. true? No, it's not. It's not. Oh, okay, all right. He probably started that <laughs> rumor. <laughs> when you and Jeff go back, if you, if you were to go back, are you just mobbed? People like really remember those days fondly? It's or or like do this. you just blend in with the crowd? Yeah, I blend. I blend. <laughs> it's kind of like this. Uh, Japanese people, the culture, they're very loyal. You know, they they hang out with you, they party with you. It's just like this, no different. But they're like this kind of family right here. They follow you to your to whatever you're doing. They follow you. So. And you said you speak Japanese. Skoshidane. Can you say, please come to Indiana in Japanese? Uh, let's see. I know. Please, it's kudasai. Okay. And then we put Indiana in there somewhere. Okay. So. I'm going to put that with Dawson Garcia at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. We're going to recruit him in every damn language I, we can. I knew that was coming. I knew that was nice. coming. I'll get my dad up later. We'll do Yiddish. <laughs> we'll just knock this whole thing out. Um, 
George, the, the barbecue business is just going unbelievable for you. So what's it been like to build a business from scratch? How hard has that been? Uh, I don't know if any other, like, small business owners are in here. You know, it's tough. You know, you got a family. You know, we got two young kids, six-year-old, one-year-old, that are huge. So it's just trying to find a balance, and you want to you wanna grow your, your business, and you want to do it the right way. You want to make the right decisions. It's, 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 been great. it's great. I wouldn't change it for the world, but it is tough. Yeah. yeah, you were up earlier than the rest of us this morning, that's for sure. I I'm telling you, what George and Jeff did to get here and to bring barbecue here, Uwe Barbecue, it's just I will be eternally grateful, Ward and I both, and we should all be grateful. True story, true story. When you said barbecue just now, stomach rumbled. So if anybody wants to bring a couple in for Eric yeah, and I, we, we wouldn't be mad at you. Uh, George, we're so happy that you're here. You're going to the game tonight? Yes, I'll be Great. We'll see. I hope everybody here, many going to the game. We'll see George at the game. Give it up for Uwe Barbecue and George Leach. Woo! Ward and I talk about it all the time. We mentioned it earlier. The most fun part of this podcast is getting to connect the different eras, getting to talk to people like Colin, who just graduated a few years ago, and getting to talk to people who played for coaches like Lou Watson, talk to people that knew Branch McCracken. And we had the pleasure of talking to an individual recently who seems to be the epicenter of the history of Indiana basketball. He knew Everett Dean. He knew and went to Branch McCracken's basketball camps. He knew Lou Watson. He played and was the first ever recruit for coach Robert Montgomery Knight. Ladies and gentlemen, our friend, because he told us we could call him by his nickname, Greeno Steve Green! Let's get it going. We got a storyteller here. Hey, I haven't been on this stage since I sang lead with Pure Funk one night. <laughs> Nobody's going to tell Coach Knight that, are they? It was after the season. <laughs> So, Greeno, thanks for being here. What's it like being here amongst this? Seeing old friends, seeing players from different eras. What is this like? Brothers and sisters, IU family. Yes, great. Great to be here. Thanks for you guys putting all this together. And, and I get to see some former players I haven't seen in a while. And it's a, a really neat feeling. I was just talking to Sage Steele about, isn't this the kind of thing we should be doing more of? So thanks to you guys. How about, like, once a year? Sure, man. Easy for me to say. I, I just have to drive down from Indianapolis. That's right. So we had you on the podcast, and we had to do it over a couple sessions because you just have the best stories. But Well, when, and because he, Brian Evans was making him do something. That's so right. We he had, had to do something with Brian that's right. Evans. Yeah, where is Brian? Brian's still there? Brian gets me in all kinds of trouble. He, he's probably back at Yogi's. Yeah, he's, he, he's, he's telling stories. He's the best storyteller. When you think back on your time at Indiana, is there one memory that sticks out for you? Is there one story that you just kind of hang on to as, as the definitive, you know, representative of your time here? Well, there... Like I said, there was the pure funk night, but yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, you're talking athletically. Yeah, uh, oh, no, I mean, it, it was, uh, again, the, the big thing for me was Coach Knight gave me the opportunity to live out my dream of being an IU ball player. That's what we got into with you guys was going back in time to, to a guy I loved, Branch McCracken, to players that 
played for him, for the, to the Van Arsdales, all those guys. I always wanted to be here, uh, but it, I just didn't know how it was going to happen. Because at that time, uh, as I think we talked about in the podcast, I was down to when Coach and I got hired here in April of 71. In those days, by the way, nobody signed early. I mean, <laughs> we were all trying to get as many trips, free meals, everything we had. It, you know, everybody wanted to be recruited by Hawaii. But, you know, there you go. But, but nonetheless, you know, back in those days, he came in in April, and we were pretty much, I was committed to the SEC. I'm a Southern Indiana guy. That's all I watched. I watched a lot of Kentucky ball games. Vanderbilt was after me. And so those were the two teams. But Coach Knight came in, and we were just talking about it earlier today. He and I, wink, wink. Uh, I don't know if that means he'll be stopping by or not. Who knows? But, you know, <laughs> doubt it, doubt it. But anyway, uh, we were talking about those days. And, you know, he just allowed me the opportunity to come here and play. So that was cool. Well, now, and, and he was an Ohio State guy. A lot of those guys on the great teams there that, that you helped usher in, some were from Indiana, others were not, coming in from Illinois or surrounding. So was it something that you ever had talk about uh, the history of Indiana basketball that you had such a personal connection to? Is that something that Coach Knight and the other players at all got from you? Or was it more just the way you played and carried yourself that you set an example for those who maybe weren't so immersed in the history of the program? Yeah, that, you know, really a good question because obviously I wanted to play well for my university, for my coach, for my teammates. But also, I, it, it's, at games, we had Branch's wife, Mary Jo McCracken, would be there. Uh, the Vans, Hilda uh, Van Arsdale, the mother of the Vans, would be at ball games. Those were people I, I wanted to play well for. Uh -huh. you know, I wanted to represent IU in the, in the way that, uh, that, that I had always looked at IU. And very honestly, we weren't there back in the early 70s. The IU basketball program had fallen a bit. And I think we talked a little bit about this. So we were here, and, and I think certainly the first couple of classes that Coach Knight brought in, we were here to build something. I mean, we absolutely, positively, every day went to work to build something and get better and better and better so that by the time I was a senior, we, we felt very confident we were going to be one of the top teams in the country. So it was, it was a building process. It wasn't something that was handed to us. It was not something that he said, I expect this, but we, we expected it of ourselves. And I'm guessing that was part of the appeal for you. You knowing the rich and proud history, like you wanted to be a part of the class that brought it back. Oh, sure. I, I, I wanted to be on a national championship team, too, just like Slicko, like Slick Leonard and, and Branch had done in 53. I mean, I knew about, I was born in 53, but I know everything about that game. And, you know, I got, uh, you know, later on, Slicko was my coach, at, you know, for the Pacers. And we talked about those things, you know, the, the similarities of what happened to them back then and, and what happened to us, uh, you know, 20 years later. So it was, no, really cool. Well, Greeno, uh, I have to tell you, of all the people we've had on our podcast, my parents listen to every episode. They usually call me, like, on Tuesday night after they've listened to the whole thing. My mom, who's right over there, wave, mom. Marsha. She said, Marcia? Of, of all the people here, she's like, I have to meet Steve Green. So we'll have to arrange a Steve Green, Marsha Pankowski meeting after this. Well, yeah. Talk to my people, Marsha. Okay. <laughs> but that, Green, is that Brian Evans, right? 
Yeah. He, he, he right. handles that. That's right. <laughs> he owns me, yeah. Greeno, you were so generous with your time. <laughs> then you're so generous to come down here. We're going to do another podcast with you because I know there's more stories to, to part tell. Part three. That's right. We'll do a part three sometime if you've got seven or eight hours in you. And, uh, and we just can't. Do. We cannot thank you enough for being here and, and helping us. It's, uh, it's an honor. It's oh. truly an honor. My pleasure. Steve Green. Greeno. We're going to take just one second before we bring our next person up to acknowledge some other people in the room. Where is India Franklin? Right there. Armand Franklin's mom, right here. Wait. We are just two schmucks in a garage. We didn't know what we were doing. We still don't know what we were doing. And I thought, wouldn't it be fun to talk to Armand Franklin and his mom? I would look on Twitter. She was all over Twitter. She's liking posts. Like, she's got a personality. Let's talk to her. <laughs> Reached out via Twitter. She hit me back. One of our first, I think our first ever recruit. Our yep. first ever recruit, future Hoosier interview. India Franklin, thank you so much for doing that. We love your son. Your son is busting his ass. Love watching him. It's going to be fun to watch him progress and become a star at Indiana. Her is, smile lights up the whole room. It really this does. Is amazing. Look at it's that like smile. It's like an extra spotlight right Get there. a picture of that. Uh, we, got, we already gave some shout-outs to the Leals. Can't wait to see your son play. Is Miss Finnessy here? Is Rob's mom here? I know she had gotten some tickets. I don't know if she's here or not. Okay, maybe she was here earlier, but... This India being here, the Leals being here, this is what makes Indiana. It's more than basketball. It's more than basketball. We are a family. She, you've been so kind to us. You've helped get the word out with your Twitter. I'm so happy you're here. Uh, and we, somebody came up to us, these, the New York guys that, that don't like me on the podcast. They talked to us They're last the night. They're my and they favorite. were like, they said to us, so like when you guys started, you were, you know, you kind of were offensive. You would really go after people. Now you talk to Armand Franklin's mom. You know her. Are you going to be able to insult Armand Franklin? Here's what I'm going to say. If we ever do, it was Ward's idea. And you can text, text me, okay? Uh, we just can't wait to watch your son play. Can't wait to watch him play tonight and over the next several years. It's yes. going to be really fun. So far, so good. Now, we're going to reach back, though, to those, those glorious early 90s. With, uh, boy, we have a lot of really fun guys and gals come onto the show. They don't get any more fun than this guy. We'll see. Maybe, maybe on stage he'll totally lose it. But if our podcast interview with this gentleman is any indication, we're in for a good time. Ladies and gentlemen, Todd Leary. So, Todd, you, Reno, Evans, kind of everybody who we've talked to on the podcast and has been up here, why are you all so good at telling stories? Was there some sort of media training you did to tell good anecdotes? We're all full of shit. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> we actually, I mean, we were all so fortunate enough to see so many great uh, situations happen, so many great, uh, I call them great now, but so many interesting things go on in the locker rooms and all that. It just... Uh, it makes it pretty easy to be a storyteller after you've seen some of that stuff. So it's just, we don't do anything other than just relay how it went through our minds at that time. Uh, it's so fun to listen to, and I think it's something where, 
our experience generally is, is watching the game on television, if we're lucky enough to be here, is to see it. But with all the generosity of your time and your stories, we're getting this three-dimensional picture of, of what the experience is to be an Indiana basketball player. And it's so fun and funny and heartbreaking. And I think it just gives us all such a better understanding of what you go through both as players and afterwards when you're so generous and honest that it's, it's, it makes our love for the program and the current players who are, who are here now and are going to come in right. uh, because of your generosity and, and, and sharing these stories it just makes us root harder, which I didn't think was possible. Right. But but now we're even more invested because you guys are willing to share those stories. Yeah, I mean, it is um, when you're here, I, I really wish the 48-year-old the version could tell the 18-year-old version of me, you know, what to appreciate and what to enjoy while you're there. Because, um, you know, I, I'm not super athletic if you're looking at me. And, and so practices were so hard that after a day, like, I, I just wanted to lay down and go to sleep and rest and try to be ready for tomorrow as opposed to being able to come to something like this and appreciate it and, and appreciate how the fan support is. No one in this room grew up a bigger Indiana fan than I did. Like, I promise. Everything in our, our version of church was the Bob Knight show on Sunday. <laughs> and that sounds funny, but that is factual. And so um, I, I loved it. You know, I, I visited a couple of other schools. There was no scholarships available when I was a senior in high school. And then Jay Edwards leaving and going to the NBA um, opened up a scholarship. And my recruiting visit to Indiana took place over a 45-minute phone call of Coach Knight talking for 44 minutes and 55 seconds and me saying yes at the end of it. And, and you know, he, he, it, the, I could steal that he had me at hello, but as soon as they said Bob Knight's calling, I was I would have gone there no matter what. They could have said you could walk on there. This is not to get a cheer, but they could have said you could walk on at Indiana or get a scholarship at Purdue, which is where I would have gone, and I would have walked on at Indiana. Yes. And that's factual. Well, the impact the impact that Coach Knight had on you and Indiana had on you was a similar impact that you had on my ex-wife. <laughs> she was in love with you. We went over this on the podcast. I ambushed her with a phone call because she had a crush on you big time. Did you get into trouble for that at all? Uh, yeah. no? no? Well, let's see if we can't get Mandy on oh, FaceTime. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Hold Jesus. on. Stand up. Stand up. Oh, Jesus. Hold on. Hold on, everybody. Let's see if she picks up. Oh, hey, Mandy. Hi. Oh, we're on stage, and that's Todd Leary. Hey. <laughs> Mandy, Mandy, say hi. Hi. Hi, Mandy. <laughs> look, look, at, look, there he is. I was really, I was really expecting this to, you to be here today so that we could have cleared things up with Eric here, but uh, it is finally great to meet you in person, sort of. Yeah. We just keep, we just keep escalating how I'm going to ambush you. <laughs> Hi, Ainsley. How are you? That's my daughter, Ainsley. <laughs> Mandy, look, here we go. About a thousand Hoosiers. But 1, the, thousand, but no the one that has your heart, Todd Leary. <laughs> oh, Mandy, Mandy. And Mandy, there's Ward. Mandy, I had no idea you was going to do this. Yeah. This is yeah, not me sure, at all. <laughs> sure. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, boy. But what, Ainsley? <laughs> What's your favorite thing about doing this? What's my favorite thing about doing this? She's interviewing that you. I, I know. What the hell? 
I, I love that I get to embarrass your mommy like this. It's pretty fun. All right, look, say goodbye. Say goodbye. All right, bye-bye. Talk to you later. Okay, I had to do that. Thank you, everybody, for indulging me. So, Todd, the interview we did with you just blew us away. Um, your story's amazing. Uh, your honesty, like Ward said, is amazing. Uh, what was the reaction that people had? Uh, people reach out to you after that interview? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, all extremely positive, or, or for the most part, extremely positive. Um, you know, I, I, uh, when you do a lot of stupid things in your life, you get up to tell a lot of bad stories about stuff. Unfortunately, I feel like I learned some lessons from some of those, so uh, I'm able to tell that side of it. And, and you know, you guys, the, the interesting part that you don't know about is, is Pat Graham called me ahead of time before I talked to you and said, hey, uh, I just did a podcast with these guys and it lasted, uh, you know, it lasted, yeah, I see, I see it too over there. It lasted three hours long. And, and when you hear that, that uh, Pat Graham will talk to somebody for three hours and say that he enjoyed it, uh, it, it's obviously something that was fun to do. So I enjoyed it as much as you guys did, I'm sure. Well, the, just how much you opened your story to us was incredible. And uh, again, those... You can cut this as short as you need to right now because we 20, got something special no, going those on. Those 27 seconds in 1992, nine points in 27 seconds, that's one of those memories that's burned in your mind forever. And thank you for that. Uh, you're somebody that we will definitely do a second part of the podcast with because I know yeah. you got more stories. Uh, a second four hours? Yeah, that, well, yeah if you got awesome. it. I'm in. Mean, you know, I loved it. I can talk longer than you guys can. That's hard to do. <laughs> All right, uh, guys, give it up to this guy. Go listen to Thank the podcast. Thank you, everyone. Thank you so much Ty for Leary. Guys, I don't know what to say here. I don't know what to say other than this is your chance to say thank you to the greatest coach in the history of college basketball, Coach Robert Montgomery Knight. guys gay? I mean, goddamn, my players never looked like this. We never had a chance at being your players. You're damn right you did. Coach, what's it like to see your former players here? Well, I love those guys. We love you. Coach, if I could just take one second. Uh, I'm 42 years old. About 32 years ago, my parents who were sitting over there, who both went to Indiana University, and taught me what basketball was because of what you did here at Indiana. And they took me to 
Bob Knight's Basketball School here in Bloomington. And I have a picture that you took with me and my brother, my, bro my younger brother, that has been hanging on the wall of their house for 32 years. Were, were you dressed like that then? <laughs> the suits were his idea. About five... This suit option uh, felt good five minutes ago. Don't, don't laugh at him. I got you right behind you. Uh, I'll never have this chance again, so I just want to say to you, on behalf of everybody in this room, thank you for everything you did for us. Welcome home, coach. Welcome home. We're so glad you're home. I got, I got it. I'm sorry, guys. I know you're all here, but I'm going to take a picture. <laughs> and I'm going to take one here to see the crowd. That was like me and two gay guys. <laughs> if being gay gets me this moment, I'm in. I'm in. Is there anything you'd like to say to the fans who most of them are fans of this program and are here tonight because of you and what you've done? Well, you know, I think that uh, as I look back on things and uh, I've got a wonderful wife and, and, uh, and she joins me uh, in this. In fact, uh, uh, damn, when I was coaching, uh, I'd come home and Damn it, she'd tell me what I did wrong. <laughs> that was not easy, you know, but uh, this was a great place uh, to coach, and it was an opportunity to coach a lot of great kids. And more important than that, we just about beat everybody's ass along the <laughs> way. And, and, and we hear, uh, now that you're back, you're enjoying some of Mr. Laskowski's Culver's. Is that true? Do what? Doesn't matter. <laughs> Just call him gay again. <laughs> well, if I were picking a gay guy, you'd be my first. <laughs> Whoa! That's the best compliment I've ever been given! All right, ladies and gentlemen, Coach Knight. opportunity I had to coach here at Indiana I could have never asked for anything uh, anything better than the fans here at Indiana it, it, it is the honor of a lifetime to have you here it's a memory I think everybody in this room is going to remember for the rest of their lives 
Coach, thank you very much for what you gave to us. Well, that's, uh, like I said, and, and, and like I've always said, there was never anything as good as Indiana fans. And I was really, uh, I'll tell you something that really pleased me was how hard our kids worked. And not just how good they were, but how hard they worked. And I, I think those kids that played for us when I was coaching here, I think they deserve an enormous amount of credit because I think those kids, you know, not adults, but kids, I think they knew that the fans here really wanted to see good basketball, and they gave it to them. Yeah. Yes, Is that son of a bitch from Purdue over there? <laughs> I, I, I just have to indulge me for a second. I have to say this to, to wrap this up. When my time on earth has come to pass, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my ass. And any former players, can we get you guys up on stage? From my standpoint personally, I just want you to know that I could have never found a better place to coach than here at Indiana. There's, uh, there's some folks behind you. I think would love to get a picture. Uh, I think you might know a few of these folks here. We're also going to do one better. We've got, from Bedford, country music star Clayton Anderson. <laughs> Feels like a pretty good time to do the IU Fight song, doesn't it? We don't have one goddamn guy here that can play defense. <laughs> Matt, no for take offense. <laughs> Let's sing the greatest song that ever was written. Are you ready? Indiana Hoosiers, are you ready? To the greatest coach there ever was or ever will be. To the greatest teams there ever will be right here. Our Indiana, our Indiana, Indiana, we're all for you. We will fight for the cream and crimson and the glory of old IU. And never daunted, we cannot falter in the battle we're tried and true. Our Indiana, 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 we're all for you. Bum, 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 Guys, we are going to wrap this up. Coach Knight, thank you for everything. Former players, thank you for being here. And thank you to all of you. Stick around as long as you want. Buy drinks at the bar. Buy a Hoosier Hysterics t-shirt. That's the least you could do on the way out. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. Ladies and gentlemen, Coach Bobby Knight.
Well, there you go. And that's the end of our podcast. This is the official finale of the Hoosier Hysterics. It's not going to get any better than that. So let's get into a little bit of our reaction. And let's just let's just start with... Let's start with... I don't want to go over the whole weekend because it'll be just seven hours long. Well, and hopefully they did follow along a little bit on Twitter with the videos. And if you haven't, you can go back and look at those. And you know where you would follow us? You'd follow us on at Hoosier Hysterics. No vowels in hysterics, except in what? this case, yeah. the why. The why. The why is a vowel. And how do we know that, Ward? Well, our good friend Stephen Cliff from New York. From New York City. Stephen Cliff flew in from New York. They are the cool version of us. They are. They are the cooler, younger, and better looking versions of us. And and I tell you what, I I feel like they are they are either we're bizarro them or they're bizarro us. We're definitely bizarro them. But there's a great example of Friends for Life. Friends for Life because of one thing, this love of Indiana basketball. Indiana basketball. Stephen Cliff this is a good microcosm of just kind of what the weekend was. On Friday night, I sent out a tweet that said, any hysterics in the area in Bloomington, we're going to go hang out at the Root Cellar Bar, which is at the basement of uh, Farm Bloomington Restaurant. It's, it's like a speakeasy. You go in the back. It's the coolest bar besides the Bluebird, I think, in town. I love that place. Me too. It was incredible. And we went and hung out there for about an hour or so and then I was ready to go we had work to do the next day and so I was about to leave and as I'm about to leave these two goons just stop me and they're like where are you going and I'm like I, I'm going home they're like we <laughs> goons yeah total goons <laughs> they're like we, we came to see you I'm like what do you mean you came to see me they're like we're uh, my name's Steve my name's Cliff we're we flew in from New York just for this just for you we got your tweet we're here. You're hanging. You're not going anywhere. And we became BFFs within 15 seconds. Yeah. And then Steve, of course, jumps in and my, says, My guy. Oh, by the way, here's my problem. You're an idiot. The theme song is great. And then proceeded to put himself on video and sing it heartily. He knew every lyric. Every word. Many people in that room knew the lyrics. It was a great video. It was encouraging. So... It's a good microcosm. It shows two guys from New York City who we have no connection to other than the podcast and Indiana basketball flew in for the event to go to the game, to be at the event, to be around people like all of us that love Indiana basketball more than we should. Well, and I'll, I'll say why else it's great to talk about Stephen Cliff because they're our boys now. Um, they were always there throughout the weekend. They were there that night. And then, you know, obviously at the Bluebird, they showed up in their custom-made blazers with Flat Mike. Shout out Flat Mike. Hopefully you can make the next one. And and then to the very bitter end at the Upstairs Pub, I walked out. Like the first night in the first bar, the last night in the last bar. Those were our dogs. Yes, I'm incorporating the wild dogs in the back. Sorry about that, guys. Do you think those were the dogs that ate the cat earlier? I feel like I'm hearing a coyote. We love those guys. We love all the fans that we met. Um, and that was it, right? We talked about just wanting to look them in the eye, shake them in the hand, all the listeners. You just said, shake them in the hand. <laughs> That's what you just said. Look, this is what I'm trying to say. We got to meet the people. We got to meet the people, both the guests. We got to meet our family. 
we got to meet the fam. They walked in through that door. They stood in line in the cold, one of the longest lines the Bluebird has ever seen. And they came in with big smiles on their face. And hopefully we got to shake all of their hands and look into all of their eyes and just make this something in the real world, at least for me. We get to the Bluebird on Saturday. We got there around 1030 to start setting up. We had some great help. Shout out to Galen. Shout out to Jack. Shout out to, I forget everybody's name. Hayden and Kubiak at the Bluebird. Yep, and uh, Amy and all the media school students that helped us, all of them over the age of 21. Um, Amy Gallagher, I believe is her name, that has sold all the t-shirts. I believe you told me in the car today that she was a star. She's a star. She's going to have a great career. So we had this like group of people that were helping us set up, and we're all kind of working together to get the thing set up. And I notice around 11, 10, there's a line forming outside. It's about 28 degrees, 30 degrees. It's in the shade, so like you don't even get the warmth of the sun. It was cold. And there were people waiting outside online 45 minutes to an hour beforehand. And the line keeps growing and growing. And doors don't open till noon. And at some point, Ward and I go out to the line to just start meeting people. And everyone Big smiles, ear to ear. That's it. It was such a happy bunch of people. Wow, what a happy bunch of people. So much happiness, so much joy, and getting to meet everybody. And everybody would kind of introduce themselves. Not everybody, but most of them would introduce themselves by, hey, Eric, my name's Kent. I'm, you know, Atlanta, I'm Atlanta golf, golf nut. Oh, yeah. You know, on peaks. <laughs> hey, you you and I have tweeted together, uh, tweeted to each other. I'm uh Ooga Booga Juga Booga on Twitter, you know? <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> so it, it was just so cool to put a real face to this virtual reality that we've been living for mm -hmm. the last year with most of the people that we interact with. Zeros and ones became flesh and bones. They had sparkling personalities. And and so getting to receive and, and hopefully give back real-life energy... Um, I love the message boards. I love seeing the Twitter interactions. It's it's a nice boost in any given day to keep us doing what we're doing. But I need the real thing. I need the I need the three dimensional physical world uh, eye contact, and we got so much of that. And and you know, skipping ahead, and then I'll skip right back. I promise. Doing the stuff on stage and all that was it was putting on the show and and there was a certain amount of like oh we got to make sure we do this right but just saying hi to people meeting them finding out where they're from their real life names that was my favorite part that was my totally favorite agree. part i think i shook about a thousand people's hands yeah i gave a lot of hugs we took a lot of pictures with people it was what people would tell us was a thrill for them to like be there and meet us you have no idea how much of a thrill it was for us to meet you guys. So we go through the line. The look, line is around the block. Wait, look. I thought a lot of our f listeners were just Russian bots. <laughs> okay, I needed to see real people, and, and you guys showed up. Thank you. The line was around the block. We opened the doors at noon. There was a palpable excitement. Former players start showing up. Colin Hartman, Tyra Buss, um, 
Lance Demler. Lance Demler. Jeff Newton and George Leach are outside. The ooey barbecue truck is there. You can smell it. From it the smells break, so good. From the break of dawn, George showed up there, the boss man running the show. George Leach was up at 5 a.m. on Saturday for a noon event, and they were busting their butts, not just George and Jeff, but all the guys that, and gals that were with them. They, had, they brought a whole crew to serve 900 to 1,000 people barbecue. Sharon Wilkerson showed up with his coaching staff from Madison. He brought them up to make his current family part of his IU family and bring it all together. They rolled in deep, and what a bunch of good dudes he came in with. The hug that Sharon Wilkerson gave me when I met him was, I mean, it was just life-affirming. Yeah. It was really incredible. I've never met Sharon Wilkerson. We've never had a phone conversation other than the podcast that we did with him. We've exchanged some texts, especially to set up the event and make sure he was taken care of and how he would get here and what time and all that. But this was the first interaction with many of these people. You could literally feel the love. Mm -hmm. You could feel the love. Doors open at noon. I think most people got in around 1245. The line took a long time to get in, but... There was not one person, and I went through the entire line to check people in, not one person was upset or annoyed or frustrated with how long they had to wait in line. Not one, Ward. It's probably a good thing I wasn't in that line because I would have been the person that was frustrated. <laughs> you would have been mad at you. My mom and dad drove in from St. Louis, Missouri. Ward's dad and stepmom drove in from Peru, Indiana. They got to be there for the whole weekend with us, and it, it, everything about having them there made it special. And then I was fortunate enough to have some Indiana homies come in. Mike North and his wife Laura and their friends, and his dad came in separately with Mike Bacorn. You know, my boys, Jared and Thaddeus from kindergarten, but then from further away, from Florida. People we knew came in, but then also people we didn't know came in, like Ron Freed from Denver, Colorado. These people are walking, people from my childhood, people I've never met before, walking through the door of the Bluebird because they wanted to be a part of this. They wanted to be a part of this. We had people flying in, not flying in, driving in from South Carolina. Did you say South Carolina already? I didn't, but no. I'm also gonna shout out Matt Feller and his wife, Andrea, and Tim and Barb. I feel like I gotta shout out like my peeps that showed up. Golly, like th that meant so much to me. I didn't even know, like, Matt Hood, I didn't know those people even listened. They're just listening there, and then the day we can actually show up and celebrate the thing, I'm like, you listened to the podcast, and you came all the way here to do this? It was thrilling. It was. And then we started the podcast. We went up on stage, and I was nervous. I was very nervous, but there was so much love in the room. It felt so good. It made it very easy to start, and we just kind of started cycling through all the amazing Hoosier luminaries that were there, which included Tyra Buss and Sage Steele and Steve Green and John Laskowski and George Leach, who, you know, guys that we have not had on the podcast yet, like Kyle Hornsby and Matt Nover. Like, and they, by the way, they all will be on the podcast. Yeah. It just felt so good. And you meet these people, and anybody that was there, I think, would say this. You meet these people, it feels like you've known them your whole lives. Because you have. You followed them. You rooted for them. But there was this personal connection that I just never anticipated existing. And it just kept going the whole time. So, so this doesn't become a seven-hour podcast. 
Let's get into, I think, what people really want to hear about. I think it's the moment at least you and I hoped would happen. So a lot of people have been asking, how in the world did Coach Knight make it to the Bluebird? How did that happen? I want to just say a couple things first. We are not the Indiana University basketball program. We don't work for the athletic department. They have been supportive of us, and we thank them. But Ward and I have no affiliation with them outside of just loving Indiana University basketball. Uh, We support them. They've supported us as well, but that's it. There's no official connection. We're our own thing. So several months ago, when this event started to take shape, we had... We invited everybody that we could, that we had any connection to, that was associated with Indiana University basketball to be a part of it. Nobody from Purdue. We did not invite anybody from Purdue or Kentucky. So we wanted to invite Coach Knight, but we have no connection to Coach Knight. But we've talked to some people on the podcast that do have connections to Coach Knight, and we've also talked to some people who will probably be subjects of future podcasts that have connections to Coach Knight, and we made it known that we would love to have Coach Knight be a part of the podcast. Never, let me take that back, not part of the podcast, part of the event. Never did we expect it. Never did we really anticipate it. We just put it out there, no pressure, wanted it to happen. And there were a lot of conversations about it. In the end, there were so many people that are connected to the history of Indiana basketball that also have connections to Coach Knight that came together to make it happen. And we didn't know 100% that it was going to happen until it happened. Even though I'd say maybe the night before, it started looking good. And the morning... It started looking bad, then good, then bad, then good. That happened a lot. But you're right. The night before it started... It was this the f- could happen. It was the first time I let myself get excited, and I got excited, and then I immediately dialed it back, being like, well, I will allow myself to go there once he walks through those doors. So Todd Leary was on stage with us, and Todd is just an awesome guy and so much fun to talk to. And shout out also to my ex-wife, Mandy. What a sport. What a sport. You heard the FaceTime I did a FaceTime video with Todd. Those of you that heard the Todd Leary episode know that my ex-wife had a huge crush on Todd Leary, and we ambushed her with a phone call with Todd. Well, I thought, we have Todd on stage, in person. Got to up it to the next level, so that's why I did the FaceTime call. We later got a text saying, you guys are lucky I put makeup on this morning. (laughs) We also (laughs) had a phone call with her this morning, which she let us know that what she really wanted to say she couldn't because she was at karate with our kids and they don't take kindly to grown adults saying the F-bomb in the middle of the karate lobby, (laughs) which is what she wanted to say, followed by you, directed at me. So that, uh, that happened, and Ward is asking Todd Leary a question. The way the stage was situated, if you haven't seen the video, is there's a little side entrance to Ward's left and, and f- the kind of to his side and in front of him. But when Ward was looking at Todd and me, because we were on Ward's right, he could not see that entrance. What I could see is your eyes get wide and your pupils dilate. Both you and Todd 
something hit both of your vision at the same time. Coach Knight walked in the side entrance. <laughs> and that is where I soiled myself. <laughs> that was a, a strong, pungent odor hit the stage at that moment. And then nothing Ward said registered. I didn't know what he was saying. Todd looked back at me, took the mic away from his face. You may even be able to pick it up. I don't know. I haven't listened to that part. And Todd said, oh, I see what you see. Turned back and said, what to you, Ward? He told me, get me off the stage. He's like, he said, get me out of here. Let's go. Let's do this. And as quickly as I could, I said, Todd Leary, everybody. <laughs> Todd leaves. And then we had to vamp a little bit because we were just getting coach comfortable. We weren't entirely sure what was going to happen. We didn't know if he was just going to sit there and let former players come up and say hi to him. We didn't know if he was going to walk to the bottom of the uh, the um, stage, the audience area, and just wave. And, and this is a good time to mention to anybody who thought Eric was just randomly texting people from the stage during our interviews with players, he was making all this happen. Well, thank you. So uh, that that was all happening, and then Coach decided he was coming up on stage. So I ran back on stage. I said to Ward, this is happening. Grabbed the microphone. Which I was vamping at that point. And again, let me apologize to anybody in the crowd who was like, what is this asshole <laughs> rambling on about? Because I don't know what I said. And I went and grabbed the mic and had the honor of introducing the next guest on our podcast. And those of you that listen know I have a lot of fun with the intros that Ward has, has kindly let me kind of do that part of the show, and I really enjoy it. I enjoy introducing these guys and singing their praises. I knew I didn't have 20 minutes to intro Coach Knight like I normally do on all of our intros. Oh, you would have went for 45 minutes yes. with Coach Knight. But he was coming up on stage, and all I could think of was what I said. This is our chance to say thank you to the greatest coach who's ever done it, Robert Montgomery Knight. And boy, did you guys give him the love. But when I was starting that intro, mm -hmm. people started knowing what was going on. The, their gaze shifted from us to the side of the stage where he was. There was a murmur. You could tell there was a little bit of like a rumor going on. Is he here? Is he really here? People, some people had heard from somebody that it was happening. And there was this palpable energy in the room that hit me in my heart. I mean, just like goes through your chest and you can't believe that it's happening. It's an out-of-body experience. It was for me. For me, it was seeing him coming towards the steps and being like, I'll go over there and greet him. And and it was like literal tunnel vision. Everything around the edges got blurry. And I just focused in on Coach Knight walking up those steps and, and greeting him. And I don't remember the crowd noise at all. Yeah. You said I said something to him. Yeah. I hope it was okay because I have no idea what it was. It was a beautiful thing to just watch Coach Knight walk on stage and see Ward, my friend, my partner in this, greet him on stage, shake his hand, say something to him, and then him walk towards me and be able to shake his hand, say nice to meet you, and thank you for being here. And then the crowd took over and showed their love 
and we just became part of the crowd. And then I think we both realized, oh, we've got to do something now. Well, but what, because the, the crowd, I glanced out once and saw about 100 cell phones up in the air. And then I looked back to Coach Knight as all the applause and the cheers and the palpable love is coming towards the stage. And you can see it hit him. His, his head sort of drops because of the like love just pouring pouring into him that that's the only way I think he could process it was you sit, saw it wash over him and he felt him. it it was crazy before we talk any more about what happened on you know on stage and just what that felt like I want to also give a shout out to one other person who made this happen this would not have happened without Karen Knight his wife she organized it she talked to all the people that were involved in it and she made this happen and she stood on the side of the stage and watched it with a giant smile on her face and that was as gratifying as anything truthfully to just know that this was a good moment for coach and mrs knight and like ward said he felt it we were there inches away from him and tears welled up in his eye the lip quivered he had to look down to kind of gather himself. You could see there were some kind of like shallow, you know, breathing, like kind of the, it's welling up and he's going to break out in, in like a cry. But he, because he's the general, kept it together mm -hmm. and grabbed the mic, which we did not know was going to happen, and busted our chops a little bit, which was off the honor of a lifetime. It really was. Oh. And he just had fun with us. He put his arm around Ward, made me extremely jealous. I'll just say that. Um, and then told the fans of Indiana University basketball how much they and us meant to him and how much of an honor it was for him to coach Indiana and how much of an honor it was for him to coach those players and how hard they worked. I mean, you guys heard it, so I don't need to repeat what he said. But I think we... We wanted to say thanks to him. We never got that chance. I didn't. Maybe some some kids on campus at the very end got to under the worst circumstances. But I think we all wanted a chance to thank him. But honestly, we also, I at least, wanted to hear that that he loved us too and he appreciated us too. Uh, it was really important, I think, for 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 him to say exactly what he said, and and know that the feeling is reciprocated and mutual. And after that magical time on stage, I don't think anybody who was there or who listened to it or watched it could have any doubt what his true feelings are about the fans. And then we got to bring up former players. We got to bring up his first, well, his first recruit was with him on stage with us, Steve Green, his very first recruit. One of his first recruits, along with Steve Green, John Laskowski, was on stage, the super sub. And you know who else was on stage? Jeff Newton, George Leach, and A.J. Moye, and Tom Coverdale, who committed to play for Coach Knight and never really got the chance to do so. Yeah. They were on stage with him. And so was Colin Hartman, who grew up in the state of Indiana and grew up 
you know, liking Indiana University basketball and had a respect for a guy that he never got to watch even coach the game of basketball at Indiana. Derek Elston. You know who else was on stage? Sage Steele. And Sage wasn't a former player, obviously. And by the way, Sage told me afterwards she was very uncomfortable when we kind of made her come up because she didn't want it to be about her. She wanted it to be about the players. But with her family's connection. She has a personal connection, and she is part of this family. And I told Sage, and I mean this, look, it's no secret. For the last 20 years, we haven't had a sustained level of excellence in our basketball program. And... The people that before that were kind of the ambassadors for Indiana basketball, a Steve Alford, a Keith Smart, an Isaiah Thomas, a Scott May, a Kent Benson, a Quinn Buckner, a Calbert Chaney, Chaney. an Alan Henderson, even an A.J. Guyton, you know, they ha- we haven't had that level of success since then. But we've had Sage Steele, who went to Indiana University, fell in love with it, is a Hoosier in her heart, and has gone on to have a very loud microphone as a lead anchor of SportsCenter and shows her love for Indiana and represents Indiana in the best possible way. And her love of Indiana started with an appreciation and a love for Coach Knight. And having her on stage was special for for us and I think for the people that were in that room as well. And you're making a great point with Sage that I think is applicable to all the former players who were there, which is nobody was there thinking it was about them. Nobody was there being like, this is my show, this is my time to shine and soak in the glory. Everybody was there for something bigger. And talking in the intro about how everybody from the Peegs family to the listeners to the guests all built up to this climactic moment at the Bluebird, which I think it absolutely still would have been if Coach Knight hadn't showed up. But I told you, it only dawned on me the morning after why this had to be called homecoming, because it was a homecoming for all of us, but for nobody more with more meaning than Coach Knight. And because of the community that had been built here over the last year out of the love of Indiana University, and the program and Bloomington is why Coach wanted to be there. I think, I don't know why else, but to be a part of that love where it's we do feel it's all bigger than us. And I can tell you, he felt it. He felt it. It was meaningful to him. It was meaningful to all of us. The looks on the players' faces as they looked to each other, not really understanding how and what and just the impact and the power of what was going on, it was staggering. Brian Evans, Todd Leary, I mean, guys that played for coach for four years, sometimes five, you know, Steve Green, John Laskowski. Coach Knight just has left a legacy of... Coach Knight has just left a legacy at Indiana University that will never be duplicated and truthfully hasn't been duplicated or replicated anywhere else because he was such a unique individual. And what was going on in the crowd that we could not see, but we got reports of later. And if anybody has video of it, please share it with us because between being up there and the bright lights, we didn't see everybody in the crowd who was crying. That we had our boy, um, Steve, 
from New York, say, and Cliff was probably on the other side of him, and he might have been holding flat mic, but he said there was a man, a stranger, standing next to him, crying on his shoulder. The number of people that came up to me to tell me that they cried. I, I have to tell you, when I was saying thank you to him, I don't know if you could hear it, I got choked up. I had to push it back because that was a powerful moment that only happened because of you guys listening and your love of Indiana basketball. It's the only reason that that event happened. It's the only reason that Ward and I continue to do this. And you guys have been so gracious with comments and generous about how this podcast in some way is mending fences and repairing old wounds. That's not what we set out to do. It's not something we really think about when we're doing the interviews. We love doing them. And if it has any positive impact, my God, well, that's, that's sensational. We never in a million years imagined that it would culminate in that moment. But we just loved being a part of it with all of you. And I mean all of you that are listening, too, not just the ones that were in the room. We have gotten thousands of tweets and private messages and texts. And it was just a moment of a lifetime. Ward's dad, I have to say this, Ward's dad said something to us as we were walking with Ward's dad and Ward's stepmom to their car before they were about to head off to Peru, back to Peru. And Ward's dad said, this was a moment. The same kind of moment of where were you when the, the man on the moon, you know, where were you when Kennedy was shot? Where were you when X or Y happened? And Ward's dad said, like, in anybody's life, maybe you get a handful of those, maybe. And he said that for the people in that room and the people that know what happened, that was one of those moments. And look, I, that is incredibly high praise. And uh, it's overwhelming. But, but, but look, Coach Knight's a Hoosier. Neil Armstrong went to Purdue. This is way better than the moon landing. And what did we ever get from landing on the moon? Well, like it cost a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous. There was no return on that investment. Land on Mars, now we're talking. Yeah, set up a colony. Matt Damon did it. <laughs> How did this happen? I'm sorry. <laughs> where, where did we go? Anyway, um, so uh, that's how, that, that was our perspective on it. My girlfriend, Holly who could not be there this weekend, but was, was following, was texting me, wanted to be there, uh, was there in spirit. She asked me, what was my favorite moment? Well, obviously, Coach Knight being on stage is the favorite moment. But after Coach Knight left, he spent quite a bit of time in the back room, and every former player came up to him, took pictures with him, sat with him. He put his arm around them. Watching that was amazing. And then Ward and I got to say goodbye to him as he left with Dr. Rink and Bob Hamill. We got to walk him to the car. It was special. It was a special little moment. And then we got to walk back in and come off stage and go shake hands and hug and take pictures with as many people that were milling about the event. And no one really wanted to leave. That was my moment. Just being able to be with everybody in that moment and enjoy it with everyone was overwhelming. I, I know I've used that word a lot, but it was. And it's just something I will remember for the rest of my life. So thank you to everyone. And then I think 
in the most fitting tribute of all to Coach Knight, we got to go to Assembly Hall and watch the Hoosiers beat some ass. Whoop up on some guy named Troy. <laughs> that joke is courtesy of Brian Evans. He gets credit for that joke. But, but you know, it, I loved, look, it also helped that our work was done, so to speak, and that we could go, the pressure was off. It went so far beyond anybody's expectations. I hope so. I hope everybody enjoyed the whole event. If they thought something better than that was going to happen, they have an incredible <laughs> imagination. <laughs> and they have no idea how inept we truly are. <laughs> <laughs> right. But so, can, so can I say one thing before the game? Just because oh, I yeah. want to say, there's, we need to say thank you to a couple people uh, and a couple entities, if you will, that made the, that event possible. I got to meet Evan Martin. Evan Martin of Community Cars and Pro Camps, the, the company that put on the Victor Oladipo Archie Miller Fantasy Camp. That Alex, I, that I Alex was there. He was great. Alex was there helping to sign up people. Sign up people? Sign people up, however you want to say it. It's late. We're tired. Yep. But we wanted this event to be free. We did not want any Hoosier fan to have to pay one dime to be part of this event. And in order to do that, we needed some help because it costs some money. We, you know, and we, we went to Evan Martin and we went to Pro Camps. And without hesitation, they both supported us and helped us make this event happen. And it's why, you know, if you listen to our podcast, we don't do advertising. We never have. And... We opened it up to this one because we wanted help to make this thing free. And it's why if you're going to buy a car, you better buy it from Community Cars. I mean, you've really, they support Indiana University. They support the Hoosiers. They are part of this family. You should support them. When you buy a new car, communitycars.com, they've got this thing where you could buy the car while you're listening to our podcast. You should do it on your phone. You could buy us a car. Yeah, sure. Send us a car. We'll take it. Uh, so please, please go to communitycars.com next time you're in the market for a new car. And then Pro Camps. I went to the Pro Camps thing this August, had the experience of a lifetime. I'm going next year. Ward's going next year. And a lot of our podcast listeners are going next year. And it, there's still some signups available. Go to Pro Camps uh, online or tweet to us, DM us. Uh, put a message on the PEGS board and send me your email address if you want to sign up. It, it is not an experience that you will ever regret. So I just wanted to say thank you to those guys for helping us make this event possible. And to go to that game afterwards, and as you and I always come back to, especially now that the season started, it's like, you know, this, this is the lifeblood. This is what keeps bringing us all back. It's those uniforms, those players, those coaches surrounded by us fans watching a beautiful game being played. And to get into the most sacred hall of all and to watch the boys put a beat down on, it was so fun. It was, it was so much fun. It was so fun. To see an Indiana boy like Trace Jackson Davis just sky through the air and smash the ball through the hoop and, and let Troy know that they had no chance None. whatsoever 
was just because there was some tension and suspense throughout the day, throughout the weekend and in the lead up to it in the best way possible for you and I and probably others involved of how it would go. Would it all get pulled off? Would it all come together? Would people would show up? Yes, 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 yes. We didn't know that until it all happened and it did. So then how do you go celebrate that? You go watch the Hoosiers beat down. And then maybe you go out to Knicks afterwards, too. And you have a good time. I want to say something about the Indiana program. This was a game day. Every program worth anything has a very specific schedule for their game days that starts at the very early part of the morning. There's things that happen. There's preparations that happen. And you don't screw with that routine because it's important. It's all about routine. It's about routine. It's about structure. It's about discipline. Associate head coach Tom Ostrom and assistant coach Mike Roberts took time out of that schedule, and also there was an official visit going on during this time. It started that it started that morning, I think. They had a lot going on. There was an official visit happening, and Tom Ostrom and Mike Roberts took time out of their schedule and came to the event. Uh, they don't owe us anything. They came to the event. Mike Roberts was teammates with many of the people that were there. Mm -hmm. He got to reconnect with them. Tom Ostrom has no connection to Indiana basketball's history other than he is a steward of Indiana University right now. And he showed up to the event. He got to mingle with former players and fans. I got to say thank you to him from the stage. Thank you to those guys. Thank you to the program. And that wouldn't have been possible if the head coach, Archie Miller, didn't support it. And I just wanted to, to point that out. Scott Dolson, deputy athletic director, I'm not sure if that's his official title. The number two guy who basically runs the joint, he came to the event. So our guy Wesley, who's been our contact there, uh, Bo Bauer from the department, the department and the program recognized what was happening, and they supported it, and they enjoyed it. So I just wanted to say thank you to those guys for coming. And I did get a moment uh, to introduce myself to athletic director Fred Glass at the basketball game. He had to be in Happy Valley, obviously, earlier in the day. Uh, but to know that he he also supports the community that's springing up around this podcast and that from the head of the athletic department to the head of the basketball team and, and everybody who's a part of what's going on there now appreciates so much of why the program is where it is and what it is. It's so important for the future of the program to appreciate that history, to nurture that history. And obviously we've talked to a lot of these guys who feel really embraced by the current regime. And that's a huge part of why they all wanted to come back and be a part of that because they feel welcome there now. Is this an okay time to mention how I finally got to meet Coach Miller and Coach Roberts? Oh, sure, absolutely. So Eric got to the Bluebird first. I was putting on my suit, as which probably most of you saw the suits we wore at this point, if not in person, online. But if, if, not, you, if you didn't, the suits were head-to-toe, red base with Indiana written four million times all over them. It is a suit you could see from a country mile. <laughs> and, you know, when Eric and I are paired up together, like, oh, these guys are doing a bit, they're a thing, there's a routine going on. When you get into the elevator on the fifth floor by yourself, carrying some audio equipment it's and, a lonely time and in a hurry to get inside the bird as fast as possible you want to just put your head down and get to where you're going but then instead of getting to the lobby right away 
it stops at the third floor and the doors open and the the enormous human being that is Mike Roberts walks in and then behind him comes coach Archie Miller who I have never met before put my hand out to coach Miller Ward Roberts Hoosier Hysterics podcast so coach Miller stands next to me in the elevator he hasn't said a word yet he looks me up and down and he goes wow (laughs) (laughs) and I go guess which one of us picked out these suits and he goes not you (laughs) (laughs) which which I take as an insult (laughs) well yeah I think that's how he meant it yeah okay good okay (laughs) I just want to make sure I was reading it correctly and and that was me throwing you under the bus totally for my ridiculous appearance at 10 a.m. in the morning your your first chance to meet the head coach of Indiana University basketball, and the first thing you say to him is to insult your partner. <laughs> that's that's how you decided to handle. That's how you decided to handle that moment. You put me in that situation. Are <laughs> you blaming me? Um, but at the end of the day, one of the great thrills of my life to get my chops busted by both Coach Miller and Coach Knight in the same day is a day I'm never going to forget. Um, I think we're going to wrap this up here because uh, you've already spent enough time with us. Our voices are shot. We're we've, tired. We've spent too much time with each other. I do want to do one other special thing here. Anyone who follows this podcast knows that one of the first disagreements that Ward and I had was our theme song. It's what Steve busted my chops on. It's what many of you, including Jeff Dix, out hey. there... We got to meet Jeff Dix. We got to meet the legendary Jeff Dix, who hates me and loves Ward. And everyone, it it does seem like everyone universally loves the theme song. And I'll be honest with you, I'm starting to come around to it. Finally. It only took a year. People love it. But I wanted to do something special for Ward and special for our fans of the podcast as it relates to the theme song. And so I thought long and hard about how could I do something to kind of say thank you to Ward for the theme song and also just kind of pay off this like running argument that's been going on between us. So I thought, wouldn't it be fun if I did a different version of the theme song but respected the roots, the lyrics, because the lyrics are really clever and really fun. Once you could actually understand yeah, all of the Yeah, once lyrics. I knew what you were saying. Once I realized you weren't saying Archie and his boys, we discussing you big manna, <laughs> which is what I always thought it was. Once I understood it, I thought, what can I do? Well, there's a group that has come to some fairly incredible acclaim. They're kind of a big deal. They're kind of a big deal. Started at Indiana right at the same time that Ward and I were at Indiana. It's the acapella group Straight No Chaser. Uh, maybe you've heard of them. They're on tour right now. You can go to their website. You can go on Apple Music, get their songs. They've got new music coming out soon. Yeah, you could go see them at one of like 37 cities in Europe at any given time. And they're now on a tour in America as well. So go to their website, check them out. They're amazing. I was fortunate enough to meet a founding member of Straight No Chaser who is also a huge Indiana University basketball fan, and he follows our podcast, Steve Morgan, incredible guy. And I kind of went to Steve hat in hand and said, listen, I'm going to ask you something really over the top, but is there any way that you 
could think about listening to our theme song and doing a straight no chaser version of it. And Steve, without hesitating, said, I would love to. And he worked his butt off for this thing, different versions, and came up with something that I think is just sensational. I love it. I played it for Ward. This is really like an homage to Ward. He is being covered by Straight No Chaser. I Whoever would have thought when you were like, no, this is terrible. Let's do something else. And I was like, okay, let's let the listeners decide. The, less than a year later, you would you would get Straight No Chaser to cover this song. <laughs> and we were going to play this at the event. In fact, we were going to play it right after Todd Larry. We were going to close the show with we it. We were going to close the whole show with it because it, we did not, that was going to be our big close because we did not know for sure that Coach Knight was coming. And then it all went crazy when Coach Knight showed up and we just had to get out after Coach Knight. But I have to play this song for Ward. He's heard it once, but we wanted to play it for all of you because what Straight No Chaser did with this song is just so much fun. So please enjoy the Hoosier Hysterics theme song as performed and rearranged by Straight No Chaser. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout our love for Indiana. Hispanic and devout, Pachi and his boys, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric, and as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics, Hoosier Hysterics, Hoosier Hysterics, Pretty great, right? It's it's surreal. It's a perfect cap to the most surreal weekend of my life. Thank you to Straight No Chaser. Thank you to Steve Morgan. Thank you, guys. That is so cool. It is such a thrill. I will listen to that more than you can ever imagine. These guys are so freaking talented. Please go online, find their music, go to a show. I'm going to go in December. They're coming to the L.A. area. I'm going. I'm taking my family. Can't wait for it. Let's do some just rattle-off thank yous. Thank you to my parents, Wally and Marsha, for being there. Thank Uh, you to my dad and my late grandmother and Aunt Mary for creating a loving, brooding environment for the Hoosiers from the earliest days I can remember. I got to tell my dad... Thank you this weekend for making me an Indiana Hoosier fan. How much fun was it to be on stage and be able to look out and see our folks out there? It was, that was, pre- it was special. That was special. Thank you to Evan Martin Community Cars. Again, communitycars.com. Thank you to the Pro Camps team, Greg Darbyshire, Matt Baresi, everybody involved in it, Alex for coming out and, and signing people up. Thank you to Hayden and Dave Kubiak at the Bluebird. And Rob for doing the sound for us. Thank you to... John Laskowski for The Custard. Thank you to George Leach and Jeff Newton for bringing barbecue to the Bluebird in Bloomington, Indiana. I mean, what a huge hit that was. 
thank you to every former player that got to be there and be part of this and to every former player who's done our podcast over the last year. Thank you to the wonderful journalists of Indiana University, Sage Steele, Bob Hamill, Rab Johns, Peegs. Ken Bykoff. Ken Bykoff. I, I, like just to, to, to have those people supporting what we're doing from the beginning and then to be there, wow. Thank you to Dr. Larry Rink. Thank you to Tim Garl. Thank you to Mrs. Knight for making a moment happen for every Indiana University basketball fan that will never be forgotten. Thank you to Coach Knight for giving us not just that moment, but everything that he's given Indiana University basketball and Indiana University over the past 40 years. Thank you to everybody at the athletic department and with the men's program for creating an environment with this regime to make a day like that possible. Thank you to Tom Ostrom. Thank you to Mike Roberts for coming. Thank you to Archie Miller for allowing them to take some time out of a busy schedule and a busy day to be part of this community. Thank you for that. A big thank you to Angelo Pizzo for coming out and supporting Indiana basketball. Uh, He not only wrote the greatest sports movie ever made, uh, happened to be called Hoosiers. Uh, he also came out to support what was going on at the Bluebird and found out he's a listener to the program. So that was pretty cool. And thank you to everyone listening to this podcast and everyone who has listened to the podcast over the last year. You are the reason why we do it. We're going to keep doing it. We got some good ones coming up. We are going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah, we should. We're going to keep doing it. That's a good call. Oh, there have been questions about how are you going to top this next year? Branch McCracken. (laughs) 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 Well, they're putting James Dean in a movie. Yeah, well, why not? We'll get a hologram of McCracken up on the bird stage. Uh, But I I do want to take it seriously for a second. Here's how... To, to answer that question, how are you going to top it? We will not. We will vastly underperform it next year. So just get ready. It's going to be such a downer. <laughs> but we're already looking forward to being back in Bloomington, to be around all of you and former players, and to keep building the love of this Indiana University basketball thing that bonds us all and makes us all feel like friends and family, even though we may have only met for five minutes, five seconds, or not at all, just a random tweet or message board posting. And I will say Matt Nover found me after the show and he was so taken by what had transpired and you could see it in his eyes and hear it in his voice and he's like, let's keep this going. And he wasn't talking about our podcast. He was talking about the energy that was in that room, the positivity that was in the room, the love that was in that room. He wanted to make sure that that this weekend was the beginning of a new chapter in which everybody who is there and everybody who's listening and supported are going to just keep it going. And thank you to Mike Pegram, Jeff Rabjohns, Ken Bikoff, everybody at the Peegs family for allowing us to do this and helping us get the word out about it. We missing anybody? I'm sure we are, but thank you. Yeah, don't be offended if we didn't thank you, please. It's late.
It really is late, and we are just rambling at this point. You, you have no idea how much we of this we had to edit because we kept messing stuff up. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, we will see you. We will not see you. You will hear from us. <laughs> this is terrible. Yeah. I'm, I'm keeping all this, though, for sure. I need a better sign-off line. You'll hear from us next Tuesday. Inspiring. By the way, we are drunk. No. We don't drink. We're not drinkers. No, we're just idiots. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And remember, we're not drinkers. We're just idiots. I think we should say that part together. Okay. Here's our sign-off line. We're not drinkers. We're, we're just, just idiots. Scream and shout A love for Indiana Is manic and devout Archie and his boys We discuss in unique manner We won't be satisfied Until we hang another banner Us two goofy guys Go by names of Ward and Eric And as you probably know by now We're Hoosier hysterics Hysterics, 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 Hyster